What's up, everyone? Welcome to Game Face, episode 192 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. We are sitting two days away from Thanksgiving. I know a lot of you guys may be traveling right now. I fully expect our live audience on Twitch to be smaller today because I know a lot of you guys are getting ready to travel to see family or friends or something like that. And I hope that you can take this podcast with you as you travel along to see the people that you care about most. Although the European people have no excuse. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it's Thanksgiving only in America, not even in Canada. Canada has its own Thanksgiving as Canada well. Canada already did it. Yeah, Canada's already happened. Uh, but it is a big holiday here in the U.S. It's weird living in L.A. during Thanksgiving. I do not go home for Thanksgiving. I haven't gone home in like 15 years yeah, or something. Neither do I. It's, it's bizarre being here during Thanksgiving. Yeah, because you can get somewhere. It's like the world ended, though. I mean, it's that I'm okay with that. desolate. It's just weird. So... Thanksgiving's coming up in a couple days. Hopefully you guys have some great plans for that. Uh, December is also coming up very quickly. We're working on dossier for December right now. And whoo, oh lordy, December. (laughs) I'm glad we're going to be gone halfway through December and one of our episodes is a game of the year because there is not a lot of stuff coming out for the rest of the year. I mean, we're pretty much done. Yeah, I mean, we've pretty much hit it at this point. The last big game came out and... uh, And we'll be talking about that. Uh, anyway, so December's coming up. It's It'll be Christmas, the holidays, etc. Um, I am going to be playing Santa in December on our Patreon. So I went back and actually counted all the loot boxes we have, and we actually have six. So six loot boxes are going to be given away in December to people who are pledging $20 or more per month. Uh, there's not a ton of them, so if you get up into that tier for December, you could give us a little bit of a Christmas gift to thank us for the year and all the stuff that we've done. Or you could also just win yourself a loot box, a gaming loot box. So six for December. Uh, you might want to bump up your pledge before December uh, to just maybe give us a little tip or to put your uh, hat or your your ticket in the hat to try to win one of our loot boxes. So it was tough getting a show together for today. <laughs> There's not a lot of stuff going on. Everything's kind of winding down. And this, this week, obviously, is winding down. A lot of people are going to be leaving. So probably a lot of the gaming sites are going to be pretty dead over the next four or five days. We'll keep curating on Sifted, but don't expect a ton of content rolling through there over the next few days. Probably not until really next Monday when everybody gets back and we have that little window in between Thanksgiving and Christmas before we all take off again. Yeah, and pretty much just be Black Friday sales reports. Yep. Oh, by the way, on Black Friday, first of all, we are doing a Black Friday sale on our shirts. Uh, They're going to be 15 bucks down for $25, and that will go all weekend starting on Thursday morning and then running all through the weekend. Probably end of day Sunday will end the sale. So jump in there if you haven't got one of our latest shirts. You're going to get it at the cheapest price possible. Um, We should probably get going, though. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to talk first about the biggest game of the week, the only big game of the week, and really the last big game, although now I wonder if I should call it that. I mean, it's it's not a big game so much as what it is more of a big game because of what it represented. Yeah. Like, yet another thing that people would talk about when this is never coming out and then it did come out. I mean, between this and, uh, um, what was it? Between this and uh, Last Guardian and Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, all we got left is Half-Life 3. Pretty much. And we're going to talk about Half-Life in the show here because that's starting to kind of come around as well. Obviously, we're talking about Shenmue 3. 
uh, the game that we all thought we would never see. It was crowdfunded. How many people ultimately were in on the crowdfunding? Like 80,000 or something? I don't, I don't know. It was like 70 or 80,000 people chipped in money to m- make sure that this game was ultimately made. Um, interviews with Yu Suzuki, the franchise's shepherd and developer, over the last couple of months have indicated that even after this game, you're only about 40% through the storyline of Shenmue that he mm-hmm. kind of already has mapped out. Um, Matt, do you think there will be a Shenmue 4? No. Me either. Me either. Let's start talking about the like, game. I don't, I don't know what would have to happen for that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe enough people like this that backed it that then back it again. I don't know. I can't imagine this is going to sell tremendously well at retail. Well, I'll put it to you this way. I went in and I bought it with my own money on launch day. I went into Best Buy and they had piles of this game. Piles. Mm-hmm. Well, Best Buy had the Steelbook deal. So uh, okay. they had must have had some tie-in with it because they're the ones where you buy it there. You get a Steelbook. Uh, you can still get the Steelbook. Uh, <laughs> You'll be able to buy I, the I Steelbook. It, I believe it's next... down to $35 now. So <laughs> if you would like a Shenmue 3 Steelbook. I think you'll be able to buy that Steelbook 10 years from now probably. I mean, they'll send that they'll send that shit back in six months, but yeah, it's uh, it's gonna sit there a while. So let's talk about the game, as it were. Uh, I sometimes struggled in my playtime with this to actually call it a game. I mean, as much as any like, there's adventure walk, there's walking is. simulators these days that are less of a game. I guess that's true. But, uh, are better written. Yeah. So, <laughs> so in f- in the name of full disclosure, I am um, I. Uh, Back th- I am a backer on this game. I backed it for $175, which got me a cop- physical copy of it and uh, eventually an art book, uh, which hasn't arrived yet. That's an expensive um, art book. So, yeah, so all right, I am a backer. I, I threw in on this. I have, a, uh, I have all the old games. I played the old games. I have a framed uh, poster of Shenmue 2 signed by Yu Suzuki himself on my wall, and I do not like this game. <laughs> I <laughs> like at all. This game is awful. It is, it sh- I am shocked by how much I do not like this. It is one of the worst games. And look, I'm lucky. I generally only have to, quote unquote, have, have to play the better games. Um, Usually games that are this high profile or this big of a deal, they end up being much better than this game. Mm -hmm. So because it is a big deal and I knew I had to play it, I played it. And it is, in my estimation, absolutely abysmal. It is one of the, again, one of the worst games I've played in the last five years. I, I don't even know where to begin with the issues with this game. Well, my issue with it... So, like, I did replay 1 and 2 on the remasters. Um, and uh, I liked them fine. Um, they were... You know, but there was a lot of nostalgia there. And there was a lot of, like, oh, I remember this part. I, I yeah, this part. This is this was weird. Like, that was... There. And, like, there was, a, there was a fondness for it. And when it turns out when you remove the fondness for the awkward presentation and like st- as a thing I remember from back in the day and apply it to a new game that I don't have any emotional attachment to beyond I wonder what happens next. And it turns out that what happens next is spending days on end vaguely babbling at people in a village. The same um, ten people. It's over not and nearly over as entertaining. And I'll tell you, so my biggest problem with the game is actually not a thing they didn't change, but a thing they did change which is the stamina system. Oh, yeah. Uh, the stamina <laughs> system is one of the dumbest things I've seen in... Uh, one of the dumbest stamina systems I've seen in a game in a very long time. Uh, basically what happens is as soon as you leave the house in the morning, your life starts to drop. Yep. And it drops faster if you run. Yep. And there's no way to stop it. 
So by the time you get you from eat. Shenhua's house down to the village, you've basically burned two two dots of life. And you have to continually feed Ryo to keep the life up. And early on, that's a problem because you don't have a lot of money and you can't well, afford food. I but had then, a, but early then when on, you I get... had a major problem because I found, like, the mini games part of the village and just went and basically spent all my money on tokens. And I have mm-hmm. no money. So <laughs> at first, like, I couldn't even play the game, Matt, because I'd have to basically do one thing, go back to the house, sleep. I mean, that's basically how, well, in eight hours of this game, I have done what would take a normal game 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, you just got to go talk to people, but you run out of life, and then you have to decide, well, do I want to run out of life again? And just Because every time you chuck food in a Rio, it just burns out again. Like, you just waste, and even, like, running is a waste of food, a waste of resources. So, like, once you get down to three dots of life, it turns yellow, and if you run... While you're yellow, it drops much faster, but it will replenish up to up to, up to three, three dots. Unless yeah. you get down to the one dot, at which point it turns red, and if you run out of that last dot, he passes out. He collapses. He yeah. Collapses <laughs> from from hunger. <laughs> Twenty minutes after he left home, literally, in the morning. literally, like so, you sleep in a house, the same house every night, and then you wake up, you go and you have breakfast, and then you leave, and it is literally probably a one mile walk yeah. from the house you, to the village. If you run the whole way from the house where you start. To the village. By the time you get to the village, you have like four dots left. Yeah, and you can still you can fast travel, but it still takes dots away. It does. Yeah. So about <laughs> roughly what it would take to walk there. Yeah. Um, so the the counter for this is to do martial arts training outside the martial hall to up your endurance level, which eventually gives you more life. So at this point, I have like almost a full circle of life, but you st- I still run down to three by the time I get to where I'm going in a timely manner and talk to whoever I'm talking because it's you're still losing life while you're talking to people and while things are going on. Uh, and so the, the, the upshot of that is because it's not just stamina, it's your life bar, you can get into a fight, a story-mandated fight at any given time, and you've got three life pips yep, left. You have no chance. And the only way, you can't restore health during combat unless you have uh, snake bite juice, which sells for like 210 yuan. Which is a lot. At, uh, at, at the stores, whereas like a, and only it restores 50% of your health. And whereas a, 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 a caterpillar fungus, which restores 900 hit points, which is pretty much like two-thirds of my life bar at this point, that's like 17 yuan. Yeah. It's nothing. Like yeah. it's, and you can earn that by chopping wood for the store owner, and like you earn like 50 to 70 yuan, depending on what you're, you're, how, many, how much wood you chop. Which and is really the only way to make money initially. Yeah. Like, the, like they encourage you to sell herbs to the same store owner, but like the – the faster way to do it is to, early on is to chop wood. Eventually, you will pick up enough herbs to sell. Like the, the the maximum herb collection sells for like eight hundred and thirty, which is like more than enough to get you through that early section yeah. of the game. But it really is just systems layered on systems attempting to slow you down that don't, for no reason whatsoever, and that often don't work in concert with each other and no. kind of butt heads with each other. Um, it, it's a, the whole game to me. I mean, I often I'm wondering honestly if this game wasn't done actually or close to done back in 2001, 2002. Uh, there's just certain quirks about like it's like when you're having a conversation with someone, you can still see the game with your own eyes sifting through the various video clips that it's trying to play based upon how the conversation yeah, there, there is there are jump gone. cuts to different animation clips. It, yeah. And he'll say the wrong thing. Like, you'll talk to people. Like I said, there's, like, when you first start in the village, there's, like, ten people. And you have to talk to them over and over. At first, 
there's this one mystery. You have to ask everybody about that. You figure that out. Then thugs are showing up. Then you have to ask everybody about the thugs. And then it just cycles through yeah. one thing after another. Which does lead to some classic Shenmue-style things where, like, Shen was introducing you to, like, the people in the village. And she's like, this is my friend Ryo. Oh, you're the Japanese boy that's been walking or wandering around the village. How are you, Ryo? I'm looking for thugs. Have you seen any? It's just like, it's, it's like no time passed at all. Like, remember, like I used, to, I've been saying in the run up to this game that like you got to think of it as like a remaster of a of a Shenmue three that came out on Dreamcast in like two thousand three. That's what. And it like is. I really didn't know how literal that <laughs> you I was were being right on the money when I said that. And it's like this is Unreal Engine four. So like all the presentational quirks of Shenmue. They're not part of just what they had to work with here. They're being replicated. It seems like they these intentionally are, are choices. That's like, a bad choice. They're choosing to have the awkward pause between every line of dialogue in this. They are having the voice actors read these things like corpses that have never seen English before. Like the the awkward translation seems to be intentional because I know enough people with like English experience were on this game. Like early on, you talk to this guy in the village. And he's obsessed with fishing. Like later on, it becomes clear he's the fisherman of the village, and he just says, "He says, hey." He's like, "Excuse me, can you?" And he says, "Hey, you're Japanese, aren't you?" And he, and he goes, "Uh, yeah." And the guy says, "says Oh, Japan's a wonderful country. Huge, tall mountains and deep streams. Great for fishing." Uh, you're not wrong. What he do you uses mean? you're not wrong a yeah. million times. What do you mean? Don't you fish? Uh, it's not really my thing. Well, I don't want to talk to someone who doesn't even know. Yeah, like, that's yeah. literally... I'm not kidding. That's literally what he, what he says. No, I know. And, and it like, happens over and over. And it's just and stuff and like that all the time. Inane conversations. The first few conversations I had, like, the, the lines didn't even match each other. It, the, was, it was like, it's like, I don't know who you are. Why would I help you? Oh, I see. And like just like well, what they're no... saying doesn't match the subtitles. Yeah, the subtitles are weird. So they've changed weird. the script at some point. They I guess they got the subtitles into the game and then maybe while they were doing live reads, they realized that the way the script was written wasn't working and they changed it while they're recording the voiceover <laughs> Good job. and never <laughs> updated the I mean, subtitles. I mean, usually the subtitles are done last. Last. So yeah. I don't, I, it's, it's But with this game, probably just errors. I really have no idea. So, I mean, there is a ton of content. Like, I believe it took them as long as it took them to make this. But, like, what they made was probably inadvisable. Yeah. Um, and, again, I would not be struggling with this so much if it wasn't for the stamina system that gets in your way constantly. And, eventually, it does become trivial to afford enough food to keep him constantly topped up. But, at that point, why are you even wasting my time with a stupid stamina system? Like, just let me play the game. And then the other half is the problem is, of course, this is not made by Sega anymore. Which means, A, you lose all the Sega-branded stuff, which takes a little fun out of it. Yeah. I mean, instead of collecting capsule toys of Virtua Fighter and Fantasy Zone, you're collecting capsule toys of fishing lures. Yeah. And, like, the first time that I put one in, put a coin in and got... Which they didn't even animate opening the capsule no. toy. It's not That's not even there. So you don't even get that satisfaction. And he, he holds up, like, this orange fishing lure in his hand. And he goes... That's cool. And it's like, no, no, no it's, it's not, not. Rio. Buying it's a not fishing cool. lore out of a gumball machine is not cool. It's not, it's not cool. And, like, and so here you see the fighting. Obviously, it can't be like Virtua Fighter the way the old games were because it's not Sega anymore. But the f system they, they made to replace it is 
awful. It really is. Like, it is weird and mushy and non-responsive, and it feels like you're underwater all the time. It feels and, like your attacks don't land when they should yeah, land as well. There's, there's no feeling of, like, impact when you hit anything, like, and, like, there's the, the indication of, like, like when things are blocked and not blocked is weird. Dodging doesn't really work properly, so you're stuck blocking all the time. Like combat's pretty easy, yeah. but it's not fun. Nope. It's not like I used to look forward to getting in fights in the Shenmue games, like the hundred man battle in the first yeah, game was like a legendary. huge, huge yeah. treat. And I would not want to fight more than like three people in a row in this fucking game. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It is uh I don't look everything about this game, other than the environmental art. Yeah, but even it looks this, nice. Even this, though, it's like you see it, you're like, that's gorgeous, but then you stay in that little, yeah. like, one mile square area for the and, first, like, 10 hours. And you're stuck. Hours. Like, if you, like, in the early part of the game, like, you, you, can't you, go, go, that you can't go that far. Like, where you saw them, him running there, if you go that far early on, he'll just turn around and say, I have no business there. I should turn back. Yeah. And like, so basically what you're limited to doing is you go out to one place, you talk to the person you're supposed to talk to, and whatever happens there happens. Sometimes you got to search the area. Sometimes you got to fight somebody. And then you're basically stuck. Like, you don't have enough stamina unless you want to burn resources to fe feed him. Uh, and, like, you're pro you probably need to earn money or you probably need to, like, level up his stamina or, what or his fighting anyway. So you just waste money, waste time training until night falls and you're forced to go back to Shenwa's house and talk to her about inane things for a while. That is actually one thing I did like is um, the relationship between him and Shenwa yeah. uh, builds a little bit the more you talk to her each, yeah. each night. And they and eventually it's kind of fun where like they start disagreeing about things yeah. and uh, and it kind of feels almost like human beings. Yeah. But the the one of the things I really liked is he they she has her room and he sleeps in a separate room. And early in the game, he wakes up in the morning because his alarm on his watch goes off. And then as you get to know her better, she leans her head in and says, hey, it's morning. And then later, she, you get to know her more, and she comes in and says, it's morning. And then, like, now she comes in and, like, shakes his shoulder and right. says, get up, it's morning. And it just shows that they're more comfortable with each other, sure. which is a nice, a nice progression. Um, but it's the only source of human <laughs> warmth and interaction that I find in this game so far. Uh, Lucky hit is back, yep. as you can see. And he actually reacts to that. I thought that was pretty funny when you first run into a Lucky hit game. Like they said, you want, how about a game of Lucky hit? And, and Ryo goes, oh, here too. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's pretty funny. Like, there's moments where they're clearly aware of things. But, but there are also many there's moments. There's also when you're like, it's just not. Where they're not aware. Yeah. Like the opening cinematic. Wow, where, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, where it just stalled there. In the opening cinematic, Physics. when they're walking to the village, that whole scene is so awful. I laughed my yeah. ass off. It's rough. And not because it was trying to be intentionally funny, just the conversation, the way it was cutting between can It's just Bad. It's also just weird in that, like, Shenmue 2, I always was fired up at the end of that. Not because the end of Shenmue 2 is like an hour of walking with her and talking, which at the time was a pretty bold way to end yeah. the game. Um, and, like, you get to the cave and all the things burn up and light up, and you see, like, the mirrors on the wall, and you're like, and, like, there's a floating sword. They have the like, vision of a sword, and, like, you're like, oh, sh like, magic is real, and, like, oh, shit's just going crazy. Like, what the hell is going to happen next? And, like, it turns out what happens next is they just go home and then they go to the village and start asking people where thugs hang out. And yeah. it's just like, it's it's like the Shenmue 2 was this great rising action of this crazy thing. And then like the beginning of this is just bam. Like, and then you're, you're stuck back in, in the that basement. village forever. You're stuck in the village forever. There's two major locations, the village and the surrounding valley. And then like there's a more urban place later. But like. It's like a 40-hour game. But like if you didn't have to deal with the stamina and sleeping and the time periods and stuff, like... 
it's like it would be tolerable. It would, it would be much. It would be half the length, maybe less. It'd be half the length, and it might be tolerable to play. Right. Like if you could mod out the stamina, and I could just run everywhere and get shit done. I would like in the other two games, like because the thing is, like early on in Shenmue One and Two, especially Shenmue One, because it was a it was a new thing. Like I remember wandering around trying to figure out what to do for hours and hours and hours, and finally figuring, oh, they want me to talk to these people and go over here. And then like once I had. I played it a second time. Um, I mean, part of that was because it was in Japanese. Then the second time I played it was in, it was the American version in English. And I remember I would just beeline through the whole thing. I'm like, oh, I, I don't even I need to ask. I, need I know to where do. I need to go. Yeah. I don't even need, need to ask people. I can just go places. Um, but part of that was because I didn't have to cram pears in my mouth every five seconds so I didn't fall over. Right. Like, it's just so weird. I this whole game feels like it's just been hacked together with like scotch tape. Like it, it almost feels like every piece of it was built like at some other place, and then they all mm-hmm. came together and like taped it all together like, into a sort video of. Game. But like, I also feel like it wouldn't surprise me if we if you were to find out that it actually wasn't, and all of this was intentional. That would that, like it's just idiotic. B- well, because so much of it is just re re. They're recreating the quirks of the old games that I like. We've played Unreal Engine four games where you don't have pauses between and di- weird like, loading. And- like you're choosing that. Like, like why does there a load screen in the house in Shenhua's house when you get up on the on the cooking mat? Oh or, yeah, like I the eating area. No idea. And like and then, then you, you go back down, down and, and there's another again. load yeah, time. It's- and it's like it's not even like, like at first I'm like oh maybe because he takes his shoes off and puts his shoes back on. But there's a blank load screen, and then it comes back and shows him put his shoes on. And I'm like, well, if that was all it was, you'd just cover the load time with the shoes, yeah. the shoe animation. Yeah. But they don't. It literally goes to black. They don't do any of the modern tricks of game development in so this So I don't like, – I have so many questions. Like, don't do – don't don't do final days of of Half Life Alex. Do final days of Shenmue Three because I want to know what the hell that happened actually would there. be. I think way more interesting. To be perfectly honest yeah. with you. Um, how do you think the backers are going to feel about this game? I mean, most of the backers that I've seen seem to be pretty positive on it. You think this is what they wanted all along? I guess. A broken game from 1999? I guess. I mean, mean, I was hoping for, like, a little... I mean, look, I would be more or less happy with it if the stamina system wasn't in the way and the fighting system wasn't so clunky. Yeah. If you had just made Shenmue again and this was all it was, like, I'd be fine. But I feel like you did this needless addition that just makes it more tedious. And making Shenmue more tedious is, A, kind of an achievement. It's hard. And and B, not needless. Needed. No. Like it doesn't add anything, and it just makes me annoyed when I watch that life bar dripping down. It's really weird. Even the story sucks. Like yeah. just nothing happens. Like the, there's no build to. I mean, there is a build to it because eventually you run into old characters. You know, the old characters from the previous games are finally starting to show up, and everything's starting to come together. I see where they're going with it. But I'm not very far. I mean, I looked at a, a synopsis of the story, and I'm like a sixth of the way through the game, eight hours in, after all this tedious back and forth. And like, I'm going through the, you know, looking through the notebook, and I'm like, yeah, this is like a third full. But like, it's because there's all this extra space in there. I don't know. It's it's bizarre. It's it's. But not, you think the backers will be okay? I mean, I, I'm on They'll the be happy I mean, I'm on the Kickstarter. Look at the comments. Is mostly people thanking them. Really. So like yeah, you know, and even the reviews, like even if the reviews are like in like the sixes and sevens, they're like it boldly ignores the lessons of the last eighteen <laughs> years of game design, and I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, I I was real hard on Death Stranding, but I I I have to thank Shenmue Three for reminding me what boredom really is. Oh, Death Stranding like, is just, way better than this. Like this just is not holding my attention. This at is all. unpolished boring. At least Death Stranding is crazy polished and like. 
it's yeah and at least it's kind of in, like here so they two you, very different approaches to tedium as game design definitely definitely and like when you first start this they there's like a wrap-up video that can shows you the story even that is so horribly produced like yeah that's just, not good either i mean it's like some first day youtuber cut it together for him like just Everything about this game to me screams cut corners. I do wonder, like you, if some of this stuff was intentional. I have a hard time believing that it is, though. I, I mean, there's no other explanation for the the pausing and the dialogue. I mean, they they got that dialogue performance intentionally. They put those pauses in there intentionally. So weird. I mean, I don't think they intended the combat to be as mushy as it is. That's yeah. obviously just a thing they did as well as they could, and that was all they got. Um, especially, re- it's weird because they have to replicate all his moves. Without replicating virtue of fight, like the virtual right. fighter feeling system, and that's where his moves came from. And it's, yeah, that's where his moves came from, and it's also like how you. So they're all done differently, and it's very. It's most of us like a lot of them are done by holding L two and like. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not happy with any of it. Except, I think it. I think except it's the, awful. Except the environments. Like I think the environments are pretty. I don't think they're very impressive once you start looking at stuff up close. But I think it's a striking location they chose like it's very pretty and it's very much an upgrade in terms of graphics from what the other two did which is one of the few oh, things yeah, you can say sure. that are an upgrade yeah um i'm glad my pledge included the art book because yeah. i bet that's gonna look really cool yeah um that's the best part of the game yeah the environments i should say not the character like, no. the characters <laughs> are so hit, or, hit miss. or miss yeah like i don't mind Rio, but like some characters look like real people and other characters look like cartoons and there's no coherence in the art style between them. There's also this thing where, like, Ryo, there's, Ryo is one of the few eligible young men in, in the village. In the village, yeah. And a lot of the women in the village hit on him, and he's not into that. Because Ryo is, Ryo is, is uh, not... Ryo is revenge-asexual. Reve- yeah, he Ryo only wants to revenge. He does not want to have anything yeah, to do with he's never really any... had any relationships no. with girls. And, well, he had, he had that one girl uh, from his hometown, and they rode on the motorcycle before, oh, right. before he left to go take yeah. revenge. Um, and they get into it, and like actually, at one point, you can say that he can say that his, one of his flaws is that he's cold and distant. Oh, and uh, <laughs> that's accurate. And Shenhua's like, I don't think that's true. I'm like, it's true. It's yes. very true. <laughs> Trust me, I've spent more time with this kid than you have. He's very, very cold and distant. Um, but like, when someone hits on him, like he doesn't like that, and he like kind of makes this face where he narrows his eyes and like sneers his lips, and he looks almost exactly like the cat in that meme in the with meme. the woman screaming <laughs> at the cat, like. He, like, he, he has that same kind of disgusted look on his face. Yeah. And I was like, man, I just need to... Somebody needs to cut Rio making that face out and put him behind the vegetable plate. Um, so, so, I mean, I laugh when that happens. So, I guess that it does bring me some joy in that regard. Um, but, like, it's just weird that, like, sometimes you see people... Like, those two characters look pretty much like real people. And then sometimes you run into, like, the first stonemason you talk to, whose daughter looks normal, by the way. Right. But her father he her father looks like someone out of a Popeye cartoon. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's, like, I don't know what they're There's a lot of character here. models like that in this game. It's I got I mean I am just I'm a little surprised I'm like if I sound a little more irritated than normal about this stuff it's because I was expecting to at least find this I was expecting this conversation to be like you hating the game and me being like oh it's Shenmue it's fine but I I bounced off this game so hard it was like I chugged a bottle of gummy berry juice before I started playing it it was I I was not ready for how much I don't like this game. I played it for six hours and I'll never go back. Like maybe and I fought to get to those six hours like there was points in this last week where I'm like okay. This is the week where my job's a job. It's one yeah, of the weeks absolutely. of the year where I'm not enjoying doing what I have to do for my job, and that's like there. There's definitely been a couple of times. That's where how I was work like, is. Well, I guess, I guess I should play more Shenmue because I got to talk about it on Tuesday. I, yeah. I really, I sat down and forced myself to do it instead of like almost any other thing. I'd any other game I'd want to play anything. 
Yep, me too. I would rather play Death Stranding. I would rather go back and finish yeah. that off than play yeah. this. Yeah, I because that's also on my. I have you know they're both on my PS4. And a couple times I looked, I looked at Death Stranding next to it because of the last thing I played on PS4 before Shenmue. And a couple times I looked there and I'm like, I wonder how many people have driven over my roads. <laughs> I should look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's we. Is the chat too young to know what gummy berry juice is? Probably. Are we are we are we out of the gummy bear world? Nineties. Re- somebody got it. Gummy bears reference for that's, the win. Yeah. That's got to be on Disney Plus, right? <laughs> Probably. Go, go, uh. go watch that. It's pretty good. <laughs> Full Saturday morning cartoon. But, uh, I mean, you know, we've come a long way since someone fell out of their chair when this game was announced and flipped backwards out right. of their seat. Like, I remember when that, I mean, that, that day mu- happened, I, I pretty much said right then that this game's probably going to suck. I mean, if you fall backwards out of your chair while playing this game, it's because you fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Uh, and that's why I play it on a couch. I mean, look, I'm not as big a Shenmue fan as you, but I'm definitely a fan. Like, I have, mm-hmm. I love the first two games. I was trying to dig out my old Shenmue t-shirt that's now 20-some years old to wear on the show today. And it's so old that one of the sleeves on the t-shirt, <laughs> the threading rotted and the sleeve fell off of it. Wow. So I did not wear it in here. I got to cut the other one off. Although it would have like been pretty shirt. appropriate. Yeah, it would have. It absolutely would have. So I like Shenmue. I liked it back in 1999 to 2001. It was bleeding edge tech. It was like the best thing going then. Do you, do you think that this is a trap? For developers who are trying to revive franchises because you have the most dedicated fans giving you the money to make it and then maybe you question well maybe i need to make sure that i make this game exactly like what they're yeah. asking for i mean i think that you you were walking a tightrope with this game one way or the other and i i don't know how well they balanced this in the end it didn't balance very well for me but it's like i mean i acknowledge that you can't just make yakuza and call it shenmue 3 yeah you know? like that's that's true but like and again, my main thing is the stamina and and the fighting, which like those are the two things that really are the worst parts for me. And those are the two things that are different. They're, they're, they aren't things that ke- they kept the same. They're two things that changed. One by necessity because it's not a Sega game anymore. But the stamina, no one made you put the fucking stamina in there. Like I don't, what the hell? Like if I was, <laughs> like if you were gonna do anything for this game, you want to give me an option to turn that off? I will go and play it again. Yeah. But like I hate it. I hate weird arbitrary limitations. Like I mean, it's the same reason I hate weapon degradation. And I hate encumbrance. Like I yeah. <laughs> there's like there, you're just slowing me down. That's for the no holy reason. trinity of suck. Yeah. <laughs> At least they don't have that. Right. Yeah. It's like the worst thing here would be like if you also can only carry so many black onions. Right. And, and then you have to manage like and your and your your <laughs> arms break if you punch too often. Yeah, I um, I'm sad for people who are really excited for this game. I think a lot of people would will ultimately say it's exactly what they wanted, no matter whether they actually think it's good or bad or not. But I think if people are honest with themselves, they're going to admit that this game is a big steaming pile of crap. Yeah, I just if if you took the stamina out and made the fighting better, I would be more in well, I would be more in line with the seven out of ten range. Yeah. Um I, I could never get there. But like never because then it would just be Shenmue again. And that's not that's ideal, not a seven out of ten in twenty nineteen. Uh, no. It's not it, but we'll see I mean I would be able to see if there's better things later in the game. Yeah. Be, I mean I, as far as I understand there's a whole lot of forklift racing again. Yeah. Um because I guess that was expected. I don't know. I mean it is. Yeah. It's a meme from Shenmue, so it does but where's seem my like... where's my book carrying minigame? Yeah. The other thing is like they changed kind of how the QTEs work, where like 
if you fail a QTE in this game, you and there it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It just resets. It just resets it and you do it again. Whereas in, I mean, that happens sometimes of like life or death QTEs in the old games. But part of the appeal was like if you missed a QTE, you just there, there was you consequences, but it continued on. I mean, that's where heavy rain comes from. Is like the yeah. and, and Indigo Prophecy is like the idea of um, you know. Failing is a choice. Like failing is also an option, a, an option, yeah. a, a choice, and that's not. It's, there's the guy who looks like the Popeye reject. Yeah. Like what? What? What the hell is that? Look like, at his eyes. Like that's not an. In, that's like a, not an invalid character design for a different game, but it doesn't look like it doesn't anybody in this fit. game. It like, doesn't fit. And yeah. you run into like like one out of ten characters looks like that, and it's bizarre. It is weird. I don't They're get very, it. It's like some of them are stylized. Yeah, which is not how Shenmue really. No, it's not. It's not how it's Shenmue not. rolls. I mean, you can open every freaking drawer in this game, but there's nothing in them, which is also true of the old games, but it takes more button presses to do it in An this extra one. button press for every drawer. I wonder if that was a limitation of the Unreal Engine somehow, that, or something they didn't feel like rewriting and it's just like, kind of went, went the path of least resistance. Um, and I, I also feel it doesn't explain things very well most of the time. Like, sometimes it, it, o- it overexplains certain it's things. Combat, and other stuff it, it doesn't really explain it at all. No, the only way to learn combat is really to go, and they don't tell you really this either, is to go back to the martial arts place and spar. Fighting and sparring are two different things. Yep. Fighting is to advance, a real fight that de- drains your health to advance through the ranks. Sparring is just practice. You don't hit each other, you just practice and level up your moves. So, like,. Basically, the only way to learn how the combat system works is to spar over and over again until you figure out, oh, that's how this works. And, and that's it how does the pay off be. because it does increase your attributes when you yeah, spar. Yeah, it raises your attack, so yeah. like you can uh, you hit harder. And I mean, it's it's I mean, the training does have results. It's just boring. It is boring and repetitive. <laughs> I mean, if you want a game again, like Death Stranding, if you want a game where you turn the subtitles on and turn the sound down. And just listen to podcasts or watch YouTube videos or whatever while you play this. This is perfect. It's another like, time waster. T- total time. I mean, you're basically you're practically playing a clicker game. Pretty much at a certain point. Yeah. And like, I'm interested in the story. I'm interested in what happens in this story. This story, but sh- it won't let me do it. I, it I cannot believe that he finally got the opportunity to create another Shenmue, and he did not have the foresight to see that. Hey, you know what? I probably need to move this plot along a little more quickly. Yeah. Because if they're after this game... I could have talked to one stonemason instead of four. Right. Like, like if they're... if After this game, if they're only at 40%, we're never going to see 100%. No. Like, after this game, we should have been at, like, 60 or 70% of the story. And then if somehow... He gets, like you need one more to finish it off. Like, maybe, like, give this, like, a functional ending, but, like, right. leave it for, like, there's more to do if you if you get a chance. Shenmue 4 finishes the, the series right. off. Done. And then we can all rest. Yeah. I mean... Well, at least that story arc is done. Right. And then if you introduce something at the end of Shenmue 4 and there's demand for it, then maybe you move forward with a new protagonist or something. But, dude, just the... I, once I found out that this story moves forward by, like, an inch, like... That completely dashed my motivation to fight through the other crap in the game to keep playing. Like, I was like, wait a minute. I'm going to be in this same village. And I mean, let's be honest. That village is like one square. That's all it is. It's mm-hmm. that little area we've seen in this B-roll with a well in the middle and the people milling around it. Yeah. And you're and there's stuck like, there. There's like five little houses, hamlets or whatever. Or, yeah. Like, that's insane. Like, I just feel like he... He lost himself big, making this game. Big gambling culture here, though. Yeah. Like, there's this whole, like, random... And I think the all the gambling mini games were actually... I think they were stretch goals. 
Uh, so that might be why they're so weird and out of place is they just be. plopped them down so you like can the play turtle racing. Want. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Like it's I, I, it's a it's a like they talk about how it's a rural village and there's nowhere to really go and they don't really aren't in a hurry to do anything except there's like bookies everywhere. Right. The, people love to gamble for yeah. some reason. I mean, everyone loves to gamble, but it just seems very institutionalized. Yeah. There's like a random girl up in one of the other areas of the village that just buys your tokens in exchange for prizes, and then you take those prizes across, literally across the street to the pawn shop to sell them for money. Which is kind of accurate, because in Japan, if you right. play pachinko and you win, you don't cash out at the pachinko parlor. You walk across the street to some place right. where you sell the balls for but money. But A, you're not in Japan, and right. B, like... Really? Like, it's, <laughs> like in, in, like, a rural... I mean, why would you even have that formalized construct in this village? Like, you would just have people playing dice with each other. And, like, you can and you can also play, like, some weird rock, paper, scissors game with your face yeah. against Shenhua. And, like, it's just weird things. Like, like so, like, I guess you, the, you're supposed to make a certain face for rock and then different one for paper and scissors, and you just both do it at the same time, and the, the gimmick is, that, like, you both make weird faces at each other. But, like, every time you win... She like wants to do it again, and every time you, you to get back at you, and every time you lose, she's like, "Let's play again." And if you ever say, "Let's let's stop," she goes, "Oh, you're no fun." So basically, if you don't want to disappoint her, you're stuck like playing until <laughs> until it gets so late. She's like, "We should stop for now." And I'm like, all right, like. I just feel like he lost, Yu Suzuki lost his way with this game. I think he was torn between making a game that might actually be good, but making sure that the people who gave him the money to make the game would be happy with it. And I think it just, you ended up with like a few of one and half a dozen of another, and they're both crap. Yeah, I just, I don't. I don't know what <laughs> I just turned into Michael Booth. I don't know what I expected. <laughs> I mean, Shen- Shenmue Three, Dead Dove, do not eat. But here we are. Yeah, I, I thought this I tried. Game would yeah, I be... tried to eat the dead dove, and I'm just not getting there. I had low expectations for this game, particularly once we saw that first little patch of gameplay. But this just completely <laughs> comes in way under my expectation. I never dreamed this game would be this bad. It could have been like make it 15 hours. And, I mean, with the the amount of content that you have, locations that you have, there's no reason this game is 40 hours. I mean, it, you take out the tedium and the and the gatekeeping of the various systems you're stuck with, and it is 15 hours. Yeah, it really, really. is. Yeah. I So, to go back to... And I can't even watch, like, a YouTube video because all the stuff, st- it still takes that long. Yeah, I know. You still have to sit through all the other crap. So, I know I asked this right at the beginning... You don't think that we'll ever see Shenmue 4? I mean, I don't know what this is selling unless, like, they made enough money from the Kickstarter to, like, pay for it already and someone, you know, if Deep Silver is still interested. I mean, Deep Silver has put out sequels to weirder things, so yeah. I'm not going to say f- never, but it would surprise me. Yeah. Like, I don't see this as being a breakout hit or anything. I would say I mean? this. I think if there is another Shenmue game, I think whoever signs the game is going to be a lot more stern with yeah. Yusuzuki. Well, and also I would say you got to go. Ba- you got to go back to Sega, not to necessarily publish, but like you got to get Sega's branding back in this thing because like being able to go to the arcade and play Space Harrier and like collect the it's interesting ca- yeah. like it's part of the charm and it was really lost something now that you're you're literally collecting gemstone toys, tennis rackets, like it's fishing lures, fishing lures. It's really dumb. Like I. I it doesn't. None of that stuff works. And part of the fun of that was watching 
you know, like, okay, well, I got to do the capsule toy thing, but hey, look, I collected, you know, all the Fantasy Zone guys, all the Virtual Fighter guys, all, you know, all the Sonic characters. Like, there's a charm to that that just isn't there when you take that away. Um, and I, you know, I know I'm an old Sega fan. Obviously, I was going to miss that. It doesn't ruin the game for me or anything, but it is part of it. Like, it makes oh, sense. the game handles ruining the game. All yeah, <laughs> just it make, fine. It makes part. <laughs> I mean, it makes partial sense. And you know, you're in a rural Chinese town in 1987. Probably not going to be a Sega Land arcade there. But like, if you're going to move out of that area and move into like a more a cosmopolitan thing, like it's it's kind of imperative that you. Uh, you figure out a way to get some of that back in or some kind of classic arcade stuff back in. Even if, maybe if it's not Sega, just go, I don't know, talk to Taito or something. Like, anyone who, who's willing to put their old arcade games in to give it a little verisimilitude. I think it's dead. I think Shenmue, the franchise, is dead. This kills it. I just can't see anybody... I can't even see fans willing to invest in Shenmue 4 at this point. Like, he, to I me, mean, I certainly he wouldn't. would have to do... Another Kickstarter for Shenmue 4. Yeah. I don't think any publisher is just going to hand him money to make another one. And I think, honestly, once the fans really get over the initial shock of, oh, my God, I'm playing a new Shenmue game, I think they're also going to realize that it's a piece of crap. Well, Vincent says it was top 20 in the U.K., I mean, which for that, that game, doesn't mean much. Though. But for that game... I mean, that could be like 800 sales. For that game... <laughs> I mean, they already they already sold what they sold to Kickstarter. Well, they've already made the money because yeah. they wouldn't have made it if they didn't have enough money from the Kickstarter to make the game. So, so. real, I mean, really, the determining factor is probably how Deep Silver feels the sentiments going from the backers. Yeah, because those are your guaranteed sales, one way or the other. But Deep Silver do does it actually benefit from that backers' money? I mean, I guess it got the game developed for free. Yeah. Basically, pub- it got to publish it. I don't know what the deal was there. Yeah. It would be much. interesting to dig into that, how that works. If you, after you come yeah, off the Kickstarter. Yeah, there's a lot more interesting stories to dig into here than with almost any. With, I mean, yeah. And actually, the story of the development of the game is probably yeah. more interesting the than game, the game itself. Yeah, the two games I really want, <laughs> the two games I would, like my dream Jason Schreier deep dive, like anonymous source digging expedition would be this and Star Citizen. Oh, yeah. Like, those uh, he may be games. working on Star Citizen already, honestly. I hope so, because, wow. <laughs> to be worked on. I actually did watch the CitizenCon keynote. Did you? This weekend. And, um, what? They put out one trailer. It was from one that trailer. For a ship. And the gameplay, the gameplay demo, like, the big reveal was there's a jump gate now, and you have to navigate through, like, the space, the universe's colon, basically, <laughs> in a tube to get to the other side. And everyone's freaking out. Oh, my God, they did it. Oh, my God. I'm like, it's a jump gate. Every other space game in the world has it, except now it's an annoying minigame. Beggars can't be choosers. That's what it comes down to. They're so desperate for anything exciting about the game. And everyone complains. There's so much about, skin in the game. Yeah, but that's the thing. is, like, everyone comes, All the fans are just like, oh, it's a scam. No, if you think it's a scam. Like, I don't think it's a scam. Look, I'm into that game for a fair amount of money. But I do think it's kind of a grift at this point. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this was a grift. I don't think Shenmue 3 was a grift. I feel like they pretty much did what they said they were going to do. But... It I just, guess. It just turns out that that isn't what I want anymore. <laughs> yeah. And maybe part of and it is, I knew that and maybe part of it is that I replayed the first two games earlier this year and I've had enough of that. Yeah. But again, I keep going back to like the two things I really don't like in this game are new. Yeah. So you should have made it more old or more new, but not like this halfway old and then like we're going to insert the most annoying part of modern games, which is like stamina, eating food and drinking water maintenance crap. You recommend this game to anyone, Matt? No. Me either. I couldn't. I, what would you pay for it? Five bucks. Not one seventy-five. I'd pay five bucks for it. 
Yeah, I mean, if 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 one day it gets to be like you could get like, I mean, it's not gonna be bundled with Shenmue one and two because it's best published by Sega. But if like there's a sale on and you can get like the remaster bundle for like ten bucks and this for like ten bucks, like yeah. Twenty yeah. bucks. I mean, you're never gonna finish them. <laughs> or if you could get all three games for like thirty bucks. If you were gonna spend any substantial money on this game, I think you already backed it. Yep. Basically. Yeah. I mean, sixty bucks is substantial money, though. Yeah. I mean, I went and bought it with my own money, and I regret it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, this just happens to be one of the publishers we don't get code from, and I had to go buy it like everybody else. And I feel like I flushed sixty dollars down the toilet. Well, did so. you get a physical copy? Yeah, I did. Let's go trade it in. Yeah, I guess I could. You get like 40 bucks or something. Yeah. Trade in money. Yeah, that's true. Better than nothing. So maybe I'm not completely out. So it's like you rented it. Yeah, that's a good point. So there you go. That's Shenmue 3. I know it was a long time coming, 18 years. Yeah. And it was delayed a couple times. I wonder, like, what caused them to delay it? I feel like... like what did they fix that was worse than what's in the game right well, now? I, th- I, th- I mean, there's a lot of things that happen in game development that, like, you yeah. know, just literal, like, people's game eyeballs being inside whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, working with the Unreal Engine 4, something they never worked with before, or, you know, it's, it's it's a new team. Like, anything could have gone wrong. Do you see that thing that somebody posted this week about Madden? He was on the Madden team. And he was a Madden 2003 bug. No, and uh, it was this bug where the the, te- the the field and the stadium would would display, and the ball would appear in the middle of the of the field, but there were no players anywhere. No, and uh-uh. and they're like, we can't figure out where the player. It says the players are there, but we can't figure out like where, did where they, they are. And one of these like junior coders goes, "Did you look inside the ball?" And everyone's like, "What do you?" And they zoom, use the tools to go in, and there everybody is inside the football. Are you kidding the game, me? The game was rendering the enti- <laughs> both teams in inside formation the inside the, the football. Wow! That's so true. you never fucking know. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It could have been anything that caused it to be delayed. It should have been delayed again. Like this game probably shouldn't have come out to like next, like delaying, end of next. But year. delaying it wasn't gonna like fix any of the things that really I have a problem. Like you know, unless they were gonna delay it to remove the stamina system. <laughs> I mean, I guess it could have improved the fighting system, but I don't really see how much better that gets, considering how they what they built here. Yeah, like it's I, it was it felt it feels like a lost cause one way or the other. Whether, whether you wanted those systems to be gone or better, like I do, or you just wanted it to be a completely different game, like you did, like you weren't going to get either one of those things with another six months of development. Yeah, that's so. true. That's a good point. So that's Shamu three. I'm, we're definitely not going to talk about that one again. I'm not going back and playing any more of this. I well, I wouldn't be so sure about that. I jumped on the grenade. Would talk about it again because yeah. yeah, something crazy could happen where mm-hmm. or Schreier could publish a story about what actually happened behind the scenes. Yeah, or they could finally announce no Shenmue Four or yes yeah. Shenmue Four. I That's mean, true. Yeah, it's not over yet. It may be a while though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't think this is one of those we're going to greenlight it after the opening weekend. Things. No, no, definitely not. Not happening. You're not going to see a press release. There are going to be a lot of meetings first. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about Cyberpunk 2077. I know you're saying, Shane, you guys talk about this game all the time on Game Face. You're right. Uh, the reason we talk about it all the time is because you guys freaking love it. It tracks. It. The traffic for this game on Sifted is like double anything yeah. else. It's not well, even close. Well, it's like Sessler. You know, Sessler has that data data company, and he said, you know, the the number one talk, most talked about game on the internet is Fortnite. Fortnite by by huge Makes margin. Sense. Always, yeah. every day, every week, every month, it's Fortnite. Fortnite. Yep. Fortnite. When Cyberpunk was at the Xbox conference at E3, Cyberpunk was the most talked about game on the internet, four times over on top of Fortnite. Only time that's ever happened. And, yeah, part of that was Keanu Reeves. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But 
Cyberpunk is the only game to beat Fortnite in terms of just like mindshare internet chatter in a, in a real time yep. data collection thing. So that is big. Oh yeah, it's huge. That is, it's like, huge. You guys love this game. Like you thought, The Witcher Three was a hit. This thing's gonna burn the charts. It up. really is. Absolutely. Uh, you guys love this game. We love it too, and we want to keep you guys up to date on everything that's happening with it. Its release now is only about four or five months away. Yeah. March. And CD Projekt Red. April. Yeah. yeah. And CD Projekt Red is basically like, yo, we're just polishing. Like, yeah. we, there's really no danger of it being delayed. Was it delayed one other? I mean, we never really had never a, got a date, date for like nine no. years or whatever. There was never a date. This is the first date we've got. I mean, look, it is in the next vis- fiscal year, so it could slip. Yeah, like, they, they could let it slip without any concerns. Like, you could slip that to June and not really lose a whole lot. Yeah, you could, like, you basically have a three-month window there. Yeah. April, May, and June. Yeah, you probably want to keep it, it in Q2, but, yeah. you know. Yep. So it's coming soon, and so information about this game is starting to flood out there on a weekly basis, and we got a couple more tidbits this week that we want to discuss with you guys. Um, one of the things that kind of came out doesn't really impact my impressions of Cyberpunk, but it, it presents questions about the greater or larger industry. And that is that Cyberpunk 2077 will not be available at the launch of PlayStation 5 and Scarlet. Well, I don't believe that. So, I mean, unless... I I feel like you're still going to be able to run that game on... I mean, this third party, so I guess maybe not. But, like, there's no reason you couldn't still run that on the next systems. That's what I thought. But... I mean, that's not the same as what the, maybe they're saying, like, it won't be available in the sense that we're not going to sell an actual PS5 Scarlet version of it, like, branded for that. It's like, very confusing. It's yeah. like, what does it mean? Does it mean that they don't want to kind of soil the sales on Gen 8 consoles by saying, yeah, it's going to be coming to this other console, like, Five or six months later, and, and it's going to look a lot better. I mean, that could be that too. But again, I think part of the part of this must tie in with that we don't know how last gen software is being handled on the next on the next gen systems. I think we'll get clarity on this at E3. Uh, so I have had a bit of a debate with someone on Sifted over the last few days about this, and they were saying that they when we talk about how it's going to be easy for gen 8 games to be played on gen 9 consoles he disagrees he says that the apis are different it's not just like you're working with a pc mm-hmm. which goes against everything i know about game development and everything i know about hardware i mean there would really be no reason to change them that much like you're still kind of trying to create the same environment for development environment I mean, obviously, there's going to be differences because of what the hardware can do and the new abilities that these systems have. But it doesn't make sense that there wouldn't at least be some kind of solution that each Sony and Microsoft come up with to make that easy, even if it's not easy from like a raw hardware standpoint. But the, the architecture is pretty much the same, so it shouldn't be that crazy. It shouldn't be that crazy. And for something that's going to be as big as Cyberpunk, like you're probably looking at, I mean, not obviously on the same level, but you're looking at something that that could sell Evergreen the way GTA Five. Oh yeah, absolutely. So like to think that there's not going to be some kind of way to play Cyberpunk 2077 on the PS5 and the Scarlet eventually. Oh, eventually, for sure. But the question is, like, at launch. Well, there's no guarantee. I mean, again, there is not necessarily, like, native backwards compatibility with this stuff. So it might be a thing where you have to actually do what what Xbox One has done. Like, we can do it, 
and you're going to get a lot of it, but we have to make it happen first. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just stick any Xbox 360 game in an Xbox One and make it work, and it'll work by default. It has to be one of the supported ones. So it might be something like that. Um, and maybe they just don't feel like they have the bandwidth to turn Cyberpunk 2077 around in that regard for the next-gen systems in time for launch. Now, does it change it, though, the fact that these are off-the-shelf parts? I mean, the, the GPU and the CPU that are going to be using these consoles are just GPUs and CPUs that a consumer could go and buy. I don't know. Now, they may be slightly altered so that they fit in the form factor of the console, but the way that they work in their architecture is the same. I mean, I, my, my instinct on this is that it's more of a business decision than a hardware decision. Yeah. If this is indeed true, and it's not just deflection because they don't want to spill any beans about the next gen. I mean, that could be possible, too, is that they have an agreement with Microsoft yeah. and Sony where they don't divulge how that forward... Yeah, like, my my feeling on all PS5 Scarlet news right now is just, like, don't believe anything. Because yeah. no one can talk about it. No one wants to be nailed for breaking some kind of NDA. I mean, they all know. Like, every all the major developers oh, yeah, know sure. all this stuff. You know, but any... I mean, real... Actually, the only person I'd believe is Eve's. <laughs> like, I believe, like, Ubisoft might just blab stuff. He does. Right? I mean, they, they do, do that all the time. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I feel like anything they say that sort of like feels like a weird decision is probably more just like we don't want to get involved because we don't want to make Sony and Microsoft mad at us for saying the wrong thing. Or but we're just gonna say no, like just put a, just stonewall it. Wait for them to make their own announcements, and then when they make their announcements, you'll know what we're really doing, and that'll be the end of it. So you don't think that this might be a flag saying what we've assumed about forwards compatibility may be incorrect? No. I, I I see no reason. To, I mean, there's no reason to think one way or the other, really. But like, and it might be different for third parties. We don't know. But again, it it also for Microsoft, they handled this kind of thing pretty much in house at Xbox One for Xbox One. Like they, you know, Rockstar didn't do any work on Red Dead Redemption. Right. Yeah, it's the one. same code. Like yeah. they just the Microsoft just figured out a way to make it work. Um, you know, on their own on their end. So like that might be part of it. Maybe they don't want to provide the code to Sony and Microsoft that early to make them that I mean, they don't have enough time to finish it. You know, it hasn't gone gold, day one patch, whatever. And so like between April and November, there's not enough time to make it work reliably for a launch backwards compatibility. That could be as simple as that. Like I don't know. Like I don't know what they're doing. I think I think it'd be easier to, to determine once we see, you know, come probably E three what how these systems are handling last gen software. Yeah, um, it's a big question. I mean, like I wouldn't. It might be the biggest X factor left. Yeah, I, I wouldn't assume. Personally, I do think backwards compatibility is going to be a big deal in both systems. I think you're going to be able to carry most of, if not all, of your existing digital library forward. Uh, but I certainly would not necessarily count 100% on being able to play it all at launch. At least not the third party stuff. Like I bet all the first, all Microsoft's and Sony's own stuff. I bet they'll all be there. Yeah, but like. Third-party stuff. I feel like there might be more of a trickle to that. So that would be that would be my guess, especially especially the Xbox, considering how the Xbox One has handled it, which I think has been pretty good. Just it took a while. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then the other kind of new um, update on Cyberpunk is multiplayer monetization. Uh, things were flying around. This week that Cyberpunk is going to have microtransactions in its multiplayer. Um, CD Projekt Red responded to those reports and said, we don't know yet. Hmm. Do you think that has any... Keep in mind, by the way, that multiplayer will not be there at the game's launch. It's yeah. coming later. Everyone's going to be playing the single-player yeah. stuff first, and then... I wonder if maybe a, you know, who knows how much later that means. Maybe that's what PS5 and Scarlet, that's when they get their versions, mm. is when it's a complete package. When so they speak. have the multiplayer yeah. ready. 
Uh, monetization, microtransactions, do you think that has any negative di- uh, effect on the game? I mean, I think it will have negative effect on, like, word of mouth about it in terms of the chatter around it, but it's so overwhelmingly a first-person game, a first single-player game. I mean, also first-person game. Uh, but so overwhelmingly a single-player game, game, and that's the appeal of it that I don't see it really. I don't, can't see anybody not buying it because there's microtransactions in the multiplayer. I mean, I don't even know if I'll even play the Yeah, I think most people who buy Cyberpunk will probably never even touch the multiplayer. Yeah, I mean, I don't see the point. I mean, frankly. the other thing, too, is that CD Projekt Red has never made multiplayer right. anything. It's never well, had I'm, a multiplayer. I mean, they made Gwent. That's right. not That's really it. the same thing. Yeah, it's way, way different. When you're talking about an action game yeah. and latency where it matters and things mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, I wouldn't put too much hope in the multiplayer mode, but, I mean, who cares? I mean, the, the multiplayer, yeah, multiplayer mode is just absolute gravy. Like, it's just, it's yeah, just I just extra. wonder why they even really need to do it. To I, I don't think they do, but yeah. who knows? Maybe when we play it, it will make more sense. Eh, but maybe we'll be like, oh, yeah, I would like to shoot it children well it would be fun to play a shooter racial epithets at me that would be cool though to play a competitive shooter where you have access to all the stuff that's in this game sure so it could have its own kind of appeal to it yeah i mean i just don't know yeah it's it's uh i I think it seems like they're taking the right approach they're like you know what we're not even going to worry about that until we finish the campaign yeah as long as you're not making me wait longer right for the single player campaign in the name of working on multiplayer i you can make multiplayer all day for like like you know yeah Although I would argue that I'd rather that team just get started on the sequel or whatever else they're going to do next instead of working on a multiplayer (laughs) game. That's a a valid point. (laughs) Let's be honest. Uh, It'll probably take them a good six to eight months to get remake Witcher one. Yeah, or yeah. I mean, there's a lot of that's my thing. Is like, like I've. I mean, I think they have separate two teams at least now. They're a big company now. They're big now. Um, If I were them. I would, uh, and I, God forbid, I mean, I don't think they're going to take advice from this podcast of all podcasts. <laughs> but um, if I were them, I would um, want to remake Witcher 1, which they were doing. They were make, remaking Witcher 1 for uh, 360 at one point. They, they put that Well, they kind of did it when they made it for Switch because that definitely well, no, Witcher, wasn't just a straight port. Uh, Witcher 1 is a very different thing. Uh, like, yeah. Basically, you need, you need to remake Witcher 1 because you need to make it playable in a modern sense. You want to talk about Shenmue 3 syndrome. But just remake it in the Witcher 3 engine, um, like they were doing. It was, I think it was called Legend of the White Wolf or something like that. Remake that, and then, like, Witcher, Witcher, 3, Witcher 2 is good enough. Witcher 3 is great. That means you can package that trilogy together for the entire generation. It's the Witcher trilogy. You can probably carry it forward to next the gen after that if you want to because all that stuff's scalable. And be great. Like, you can, you can sell the, Witcher tril- the Geralt trilogy for years and years and years. And it would be even better for console owners because they haven't played Witcher 1 at all. And for PC people, I mean, I certainly would buy a better version of Witcher 1 on PC because I really like that game, but it's very hard to play now because it's basically a kludged together version of the Neverwinter Nights 1 engine. I would argue give that to the B team. Yeah. Your I mean, new yeah. team or whatever. I mean, CD Projekt. Yeah, right? A team should probably be. I mean, I think there's two A teams, frankly. I think. Probably. The, there's a Cyberpunk team and there's a team working on whatever the next Witcher thing is. Um, like, you know. Sequel, the non-Geralt sequel, whatever right. you're going to do. I feel like they might go and do what their original concept for The Witcher 1 was, which was you didn't play as Geralt, you played as a self-created Witcher, um, and sort of eventually they switched it to play as Geralt. Um, but I could definitely see you playing in sort of a post-Witcher 3 world as a Witcher, a new Witcher, uh, and sort of navigating that culture somehow and, and like kind of even leaning harder into the sort of daily life of a Witcher thing and less into the kind of high fantasy Geralt keeps ending up working for kings thing. I'll say one thing. 
Cyberpunk 2077 had a much better chance of winning Game of the Year this year than it will next year. Yeah. Also, I will say this. If the Netflix Witcher show is A, good, and B, a big hit, I think we'll definitely see The Witcher 1 remade. Yeah. Because The Witcher 1 covers similar material. A lot of people haven't material. played it. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think you want more Witcher out there if the Netflix show is a hit. Even though the Netflix show is be, not I related. Think, yeah. I mean, it's not related to the game. It's, it's straight from the books. But um, I think you need you, – I think if – and I know CD Projekt Red is not stupid. They know that they're, if that's a big hit and it looks like it will be, you got to strike while that iron's hot. It wouldn't surprise me if we saw some Witcher announcements next year. Interesting. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about Crash Bandicoot. You know how much Matt and I love Crash Bandicoot. I'll be back. <laughs> Apparently, we're in the minority on this, Matt. Everybody loves Clearly. Crash because now there Everybody are... loves a character whose entire torso is his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> now rumors are swirling that next year we are going to get a brand new Crash <laughs> Bandicoot. I don't game. know about we. Well, <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> they they are going to get a new Crash Bandicoot game. Uh, as you guys know, Crash Bandicoot and Sane Trilogy, which is what you're seeing right now, sold like crazy. Uh, it's not a surprise that they're exploring further projects in this universe because when you spend, you know. 20 or 30 million dollars on a remaster and it sells like it did for Activision, you're going to want to try to figure out how you mm-hmm. can squeeze some more money out of that. Yeah, but Activision remembered what it was like to put games out that aren't just Call of Duty. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. Like they're actually like, "Oh, we have a hit." All right. <laughs> what do, what do we do with those o- again? Other there are other games. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, do you think Do the shareholders know this? That there are other games? <laughs> Now, Matt, we're both on the record as not being Crash Bandicoot fans. No. The remake that they made for the first three games did not change my opinion on the fact that I think Crash's games are trash. What Can they do anything with a new Crash game that would make you give it a chance? Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, but, but that I'm not saying they shouldn't make it. Like, not every game has to be for me. Right, Like, right. go ahead. Like, it sells well. People like it. People want to play it. They'll buy it. Do it. Go ahead and do it. Like, there's – bring back the mascot platformer. Great. Cool. I mean, maybe others than that that I'd actually want to play, like Spyro. I'd play a new Spyro. Um, although new Spyros haven't gone tremendously well in the past. But I don't know. Um, sure, great. Like, I'm never going to play it, but that's no reason not to do it. Do you think that it has any chances at being as successful as the Insane Trilogy? I mean, probably not, but I think it's, it has plenty chance to be successful enough. Like, I mean, the, the Insane Trilogy sold largely on the back of tremendous nostalgia, perfectly timed. Sure. Um, but that doesn't, you know, like, it's like you don't you don't not make more Star Wars movies just because the ones after Force Awakens aren't going to make $2 billion again. Yeah. You know? Like, you're just going to have to be happy with $1 billion. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's a hard knock life. What do you think that they should do with the game? You think it should be this forced perspective experience like it's I mean, been? yeah, they should probably just do another Crash Bandicoot. Really? Yeah. Keep it just like static camera. I mean, and- I'd, I'd hesitate to say if it ain't broke, don't fix it because I think it's very broke. But um, <laughs> evidently not, judging by the sales. But do you think it had been a long time since a Crash – well, not that long, but probably almost 10 years since a new Crash had been released – do you think it was just, like you said, just nostalgia where people were like, oh, I loved Crash when I was a kid, and then they got it, and they played it, and maybe a little bit like Shenmue just happened for us, they're like, oh, you know what? 
these games really aren't that good. I mean, that's possible, but it's like it's it's the tightrope walk of uh, of the Sonic thing, you know. Like, do you make a new Sonic game? When you make a new Sonic game, do you make another Sonic game, like an old Genesis style game, or do you make a 3D game? Do you make a try to make a modern Sonic game? It, like, what is a is a to some people a modern Sonic game is something like Sonic Four. It's yeah, it's a side-scrolling game that just looks way better than the Genesis games ever could have looked. Some people, a modern Sonic game is supposed to be a 3D adventure game. So you have to decide what is a modern crash game. Is a modern crash game just an old crash game with, like, the bell, the visual bells and whistles and physics that you can do now? Or is a modern crash game a complete reinvention of the formula? And you have to decide which one of those things is going to be the most profitable and the most appealing. I would think to Activision sensibilities not reinventing the wheel is more along the lines of what they tend to do. I think that's also probably the smart thing to do. Probably, I mean, look, yeah. there's very little proof that 3D platformers are raking in the sales these days. I mean... Yeah, it's not like there's competition where it's like, I don't need that. I have this, this, and this. Like, there is no this, this, and this. It's yeah. Just this I mean, they're, the only 3D platformers that really sell well anymore are the Mario games. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. It's kind of cornered the market at this point. There's been a few indies, a ukulele. None of them have set the world on fire. No. There's not a I mean, lot of... except this one. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of frothing demand for 3D platformers. I mean, this is built polygonally, but it's technically a 2D platformer. Yeah. Because you're not controlling the camera. You're not... Yeah, dis- despite uh, Jason Rubin's claim back in the day that right. this was more 3D than Mario 64 <laughs> could ever hope to be. Yeah. It's which I tr- believe was a reference to the fact that the, that the trees in Crash Bandicoot were polygonal and the trees in Mario 64 were sprites. Were sprites. Yeah. Ro- which is would rotate, really yeah. not the reason Mario 64 <laughs> was better than Crash Bandicoot, no. but... It has nothing to do with it. Especially, it has it particularly has nothing to do with whether one is more 3D than the other. No, that was a very strange <laughs> time. But it was real. Like, the fight between Mario and Crash was a real thing that, yeah. like, people bought into and cared about. And, and there the were Sega people were like, also Knights. It's like, no, not, yeah. also, yeah. not also Knights. <laughs> no, that doesn't count. <laughs> Um, so I agree with you. I think they should probably <laughs> stick with the known Crash template. I think particularly after you see how the tr- the remake trilogy sold, you'd be kind of foolish to kind of change the formula because what you realize when you sell that many copies of it is there's still a big audience for these types of games. So yeah. I'd agree with you. I think keeping it on a predetermined path, kind of a 2D platformer with a 3D look is probably the right way to go. Yeah, and meanwhile, just... You know, let me know when another Ratchet and Clank shows up. Yeah. Although I wonder if that's going to be a long time, too, because the one for PS4 did not sell great. True. Uh, and it does and, take a lot of work. And that was also in conjunction with the movie, which didn't do which well. Which also did horribly. Yeah. Um, I think I don't think Insomniac will let Ratchet go away forever. I don't either. Um, although Ratchet is not really a platformer. So, I mean, this it's more like an action more adventure. like an action shooter. Like, yeah. There's a lot more gunplay in as that. As time went on, in particular, it yeah. became more of a like shooter. The, it started as more of a kind of a platformer, but like by even by going commando, it was it's the all shooting about was the way gadgets more. Yeah. and the weapons. Yeah, it was um, a shooter exploring kind of game. But you know what? Like Insomniac managed to find a niche right. inside the 3D platformer genre where it stays relevant yeah. and people care. But when you're just creating clone after clone of Super Mario 64. It doesn't seem to really work out anymore. Yeah, and I admit I miss I kind of miss the era where you had sort of the the three Sony mascot platformers. You had um, Spyro, Crash, well, and not, Sly. Well, yeah, I was more thinking Sly, Ratchet, and oh, okay. Um, uh, so there's more than three. <laughs> well, the, like Spyro and and 
and uh, Crash were kind of over by the by the, yeah, time, by the era I'm t- thinking of. Okay. It, was, it was the it was the PS2 era with uh, God, what Ratchet, Jack and Daxter, and um, and Sly. Although yeah. my favorite of those was always probably Sly, but I'm a sucker punch Mark. So yeah, my least favorite was probably Jack and Daxter. Yeah, I mean Jack and Daxter is yeah. Jack and Daxter. The first one was also the most. Banjo Kazooie ish. It was very. Oh, it was, it was a platformer. Very, yeah. very AP. And then it be also became. And then it an became game. edgy and dark. And, and they had like a kart racing game. It was, and, it was like vehicle combat, and like it was like a post-apocalyptic thing. And so someone Jack says in chat, patch. Ratchet and Clank 2016 is the best-selling game in the series. I'd like to see some proof on that. Hmm. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, I've never heard that either. I mean, I find it hard to believe that it sold it was better. Good. It was good. I find it hard to believe, though, that it sold better than the PS2 games, where the install base was even bigger than it is for PlayStation 4, and the franchise was a lot more relevant then. I'd be surprised if that were the case, but maybe it is. It could be. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about the PlayStation 5. More information has been trickling out about that this week as well. It's the week of the trickle. Just in time for Thanksgiving. Yeesh. (laughs) Yep. Um, So yet another rumor. And I'll say this. Games Radar, the website, has no shame. It will report anything. Like, it comes across. So a lot of the rumors that we get, they are almost always published by Games Radar. And then when we see their Hmm. stories, we have to go back and start doing research and trying to figure out, like, if the stories are legit or not based on the sources that they cite. Um, and this week, Games Radar announced or published a story saying that the PlayStation 5 is coming in November 2020, which not a big surprise. I think mm. we all kind of assumed that. Just going, for $500. Tripping back to uh, the Ratchet thing because I, I looked it up for a second. Insomniac said that it's their most successful title of all time, the 2016 Ratchet and Clank game. Obviously, that predates Spider-Man. That seems insane. That's what they said. They wow. said that last year, before Spider-Man came out, but they said it's Insomniac's most successful title of all time, confirms the developer. That's so bizarre, because if you go back and remember NPD, they, it was even like a blip on the radar back when it came out. Well, the best-selling game of that one year was Wildlands, and we didn't even know it. That's true. I mean, you never know. If it hits outside of the core gamer demographic, we might not even see it happen. Yeah, I mean, you'd still get NPD reports and sales reports, so. Sometimes. Like, you know, NPD is not very accurate anymore when you not have digital sales anymore. It's true. I mean, especially if you're buying, like, cheap games for your kids, digital is probably the way to go. It's, I mean, I just think when that game came out, nobody cared. Nobody talked about it. When the first Ratchets came out on PS2, mm-hmm. they were one of the biggest franchises in the industry. Well, unless Insomniac's lying, I I don't think they would be. I think they have reason to maybe fudge those numbers a little bit. I, I feel like you're going to need better proof than to accuse Ted Price of lying about his sales than that. Yeah, I, I have no proof. Mm. I'm just saying that you asked why they would, and I said they would have reason to because it's one of their biggest IPs, and if it tanked, then it loses some cachet. So there's reason why it would fudge the numbers. But I'm why not would saying they, that they did. But, but why would they say it's their biggest ever? Because I'm in, wondering if Instead of just saying, no, it sold fine. Well, context matters. I didn't read the article. Did somebody ask them, hey, did Ratchet not sell very well? No, they Because just, it seems like No, they didn't. just announced it. Oh, like they in, just put out a press release. They put out basically a press release in like last summer. Like three years after the game came out? No, it was a year, two years 2016, after. 2016, that's weird. Maybe that's when it became the best seller. Because I'm sure some of those sales were when the price dropped. Huh. 
Because it, it, pro- it did drop to 20 bucks. I know it fast. may sound crazy because you're quoting Insomniac, but I have a really hard time believing that's true. Do you believe it? Yeah. Really? Why would they lie about that? It's so easy to disprove. I don't know. If you have the, I don't know, go ask Pactor next time you shoot with him. Like, yeah, he, he can the, show me the NPDs. He has the NPD stuff. Yeah, he can show it to me. I'll ask him. I mean, it's not uh, their biggest anymore because Spider-Man outsold it. I, I just, I'll tell you why I don't believe it. It's because if a game ever sells that well, it's a story. People know. There, I, it was a story. Two years <laughs> after it came out. Well, because it had took that long to sell that much. Oh, I don't know. This sounds fishy to me. But anyway, I'll I don't, do some I don't know why that, that's back. nothing suspect about any of that. What are you talking about? Because there's oh. no empirical data to support it. So Insomniac's just lying about their sales for no reason unprompted. I, don't, I already said I think there is a reason why they would fudge numbers for it. That doesn't sound like that company. I mean... Look, I, I, I look. I agree with you there. Like Insomniac, I I do trust Head. I do trust like that if, company. If you if you think they needed to cover their ass for bad sales of that game, all they needed to say was it sold fine. They don't need to say it sold better than anything else we've ever made. Yeah, like that doesn't make like it doesn't make sense to to say that because then you automatically get somebody's like, oh, I want to check that out. Like uh, you know, because like wow, biggest ever. That's crazy. I I don't know. I'm curious. I'm going to the website now because I am really curious about this. Let's see. Look at all the ratchets. Yep, there's so many. Uh, let's go finance. Uh, second week on the top. So it was top on the UK charts for two weeks. There's the Ratchet and Clank movie, movie tanking. Oh, yeah, Passive it says. selling in franchise history. Yeah. I mean, the game did well. It, it seems like the game did way better than the movie. Yeah, for sure. I wonder why. Yeah, it un- I mean, it I know I don't wonder why because it's good, but it's like. By the way, I just want to say you cannot go to any website and do this except for Sifted. Try it. Try to go and hmm. try to find the sales numbers for a game on any other gaming website. Pick a game and try to find it only on Sifted. One of the million things our site does that no other site does. Use it. Uh, so yeah, it looks like you're right. It looks like it at least sold better than I thought at the very least. I mean, it didn't make a lot of noise. At the time. It's the quietest, best-selling game for a studio I've ever seen. I'll say that. Well, except Wildlands. No, I mean, we knew about that. We knew and, about that months I mean, later. It ru- no, it ruled NPD for like four months straight. We knew it was selling. Yeah, but what I'm we saying is figure out why. nobody talked about it in the game industry. Like, yeah. We didn't talk about it. It was not a subject because none of us were fucking playing it. Weird. Sometimes that stuff happens outside of our sphere, and I think that's what happened with Ratchet there. It could be. Or maybe they ended up and discounting then, it, and it's well, sold I think a they bunch. discounted it to twenty. Per, per, I think by the end of that year. So uh, I would say a lot of those, a lot of those sales that put it not just make it a stronger seller, but make it put it over the top of all other Insomniac titles. I'm sure part of that was it sold at a really impulse buy price for a long time. The other thing too is that there aren't a lot of good games for kids on PlayStation. That's true. And parents could have really kind of flocked to that game to be like, "This is a game." I that might like also pay. be part of why that Crash Collection sold so well. True. That's a good point. All right. Let's get back to PlayStation 5. Uh, so the latest report says November 2020 for $500. How does that hit you? Sounds about right. Did you, you think it's going to be 500 bucks? I'm just saying it's going to be 500 bucks for like a year. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I don't the think tech go, in it. <laughs> I mean, look, you could go over 500 if you're Microsoft, but I do not. Look, I don't think Sony will ever sell anything for $599 again. Um, yeah, just cer- the stigma. Certainly not U.S. dollars. <laughs> well, you can see the lower third there. 
So it could be it could be five fifty, it could be six fifty, but it is never gonna be six hundred dollars again. I yeah. promise you that. Well, it could be six. It just wouldn't be five ninety nine. Yeah, they would. Yeah, they for the first time ever, they just be like, nah, it's six hundred dollars. Or they make it. it like six oh one or something. Yeah, It'd be like some prices right bidding the shit. <laughs> do you think? <laughs> do you think uh, at five hundred bucks, it's gonna be okay? Yeah, I mean, you you don't make money on the razor. You make money on the razor blades. Right. So. I mean, for it did very well with it putting its console at four hundred bucks. Yes, and now it's going up a hundred bucks. It's going up to the price where Microsoft failed. Mm-hmm. But Microsoft, in part, failed because they were selling something that wasn't worth five hundred bucks. Yeah, and well, the, because of the Connect. Because of the Connect. Yeah. yeah, and even really, even if you take the Connect away and make it the same price as the as a PS4, you were still getting more with the PS4. Oh yeah, you're getting better hardware yeah. without a doubt. So it sounds like you know they already said you know we are you know on par. Price-wise and hardware-wise, with the competition, so I think I think you're going to be looking at two pretty even matches for the same price, and you're just going to have to choose which one has the better lineup, which is Sony. I mean, <laughs> unless, I, mean I mean, look, I, I'm going to get both. I know I'm going to get yeah, both. yeah, of course. But if you can only pick one, I would have a hard time not wanting to play Last of Us Two in that kind of fidelity and Spider-Man Two inevitably and. God of War, God of War and, too. I mean, it's and on and on and on. Probably Death Stranding too. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff you're kind of guaranteed to see in the future on PlayStation that you're not going to have on Xbox. Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank. All Insomniac stuff. Yep. I don't think we'll see Resistance revived, but I would buy a Resistance Remaster collection. Though. Really? I, I would kind of like to play some of those again. I never really liked those. I didn't either. But <laughs> I just but I still would like to and... revisit them for some. I, I always appreciated what they were trying to do with them, and I thought Resistance. They talked a big game when they would talk. I about thought it. Resistance Two was actually the best one. Um, I can't even remember to be honest with you. They are. I mean, I remember. I mean, that mostly, sounds right. I remember them mostly from things. color palettes. The first one's mostly gray and brown. Yeah. The second one had a lot more color in it. That's true. And then yeah. the third one was ambitious but weird. Yeah, it didn't seem to fit really. No, the, it, the was, franchise. it didn't. It was, I don't know. I don't know why either. Yeah, it was, it was odd. But I, 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 I appreciate those games. If Killzone can get a collection, Resistance should get a collection. I'd agree with that for sure. <laughs> uh, do you think that November is the right month to launch? Maybe. I mean, I mean early it, November. It's obvious because you're like it's. Black Friday is in November. It's I mean, when it's a October, lot of shopping November, happens. Right? Unless you're Nintendo, it, then it's March. Is it know. smart to do it in the same month as like Black Friday? And it's never hurt before. Yeah, don't do it in December. But I think October, November is where you. I mean, as long as it's early November. Yeah. Um, I would say like November 9th or something like that. Whatever. I don't know what days or what. Because you don't want to be around Black Friday. No, you want to. You want to give it time to to get in there. You because you need the launch, and the launch is probably going to sell out you know, to the hardcore. And then you got to give it time to ship more units in for Black Friday for the Christmas buyers. So you want to get like the first week of you want to launch the first week of November, so you have like two weeks or three weeks to uh, get sell to get, all the initial stock in. and then get more in right. for Black Friday. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think October honestly is probably the better idea. Yeah, but it makes this you know, maybe maybe Xbox already has October. That, yeah, I bet they know. They probably do know when each one of when them each are one's launching. Coming. They probably heard from developers, it, for, it, developers or manufacturers. Yeah, like you, you can yeah. piece those together if you if you you know if you know who's got what they're doing this. So I would say like. Um, wouldn't surprise me if you saw like maybe PlayStation Five first week of no- of November and like the Xbox the second to last week of October. Well, how do you think it would? What would happen if they launched them both on the same day? Um, 
mass hysteria. It would be dogs insane. and cats sleeping together. <laughs> Think about that. We've never I mean, ha- have we ever had that before. Um, two consoles launched on the same the, exact I day. I want to say the PS3 and the Wii launched real close to like week after week. Yeah, I don't think the same day, but I want to say they were literally close two weeks in a row. Yeah, that sounds right. But never on the same day. I don't remember because I don't. I didn't buy a PlayStation Three the day it came out because I was wait. I decided to wait because I didn't care. Yeah, and I actually had to review a bunch of launch PlayStation Three games, and I was like, "This is all garbage," and I'm not paying six hundred five hundred ninety nine US dollars. But then early December. I think you were gone by then. You were already at game game trailers. But um, early December, like, like first week of December, Morgan got a call or someone called her and said the Best Buy on Pico down the street from the office got the PlayStation 3s in. And I'm like, fine. Well. So, <laughs> well. so I went, we went over and I got a 60 gig fat, and yeah. um, which obviously wasn't called that then because it was the only one you could It was get. the only one. But yeah. I wanted the 60 gig one. And so I got that. And it's still my PS3. Yeah. Lasted the whole time. Yeah, I still have The native backwards compatibility. So in the end, because of the native backwards compatibility, I was very happy I did that. But at the time, it was like this grudging sort of like, fine, I kind of want to play Resistance. You know, I I I, had to review the Gundam game. That was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I... I couldn't imagine what would happen if you launch if Microsoft and Sony launched on the same. I would like to see it just to see what happens. Like I don't even know if stores could handle it. I don't know if they could. And if you do that in November, in the midst of the biggest shopping season and everything, yeah. it could just be insane. I mean, I think it's I think it's probably just going to hurt everyone involved if you did that. So. Probably, yeah. God, just imagine. It would the hurt dis- the retailers. Just imagine the distribution centers. Oh god, you know? like it was just. It you, would be. You nuts. gotta space it out. It, it's almost like Microsoft and Sony need to work together a on bit. this. It's all a scam. <laughs> it's all a setup. They're all just setting They're all it up. in on it. <laughs> They're just going to make sure everybody does well. But I mean, which in I'm that, fine with. In a, in, a, in a corporate business situation like that where doubling up on yourselves is just going to hurt you and the other guy and the retail outlets and the distributor. I mean, you. And you, the consumers. And the probably. factories. Like, yeah. you probably got to stagger some of the production of these chips. Like, I'm sure that like there's some level of like, okay, we won't, we won't step on each other. In How do regard. you decide who gets to go first, though? I don't know if you want, I mean, is going first better? Like, I don't know. Like, maybe Sony is more confident, but, like, people will wait for our system because we're us. Yeah. I mean, I think Sony definitely has the cachet and the leeway to come out second. Yeah. I think if, I think it would be Doom for Microsoft, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Because they're just in different positions. Sony's coming from a position of strength. Microsoft is coming from a position of weakness right maybe now. Maybe they just Rochambeau each other for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Uh, you think uh, price will be the same? You look at Xbox I think Two or both Scarlet be to both price. be five hundred bucks. Yeah, I think they'll both be. I don't know. I mean, I think they'll both be the same price. Whatever it is, my guess Whether would be, be five hundred. My guess would be. My guess would be five hundred. How do you think consumers will react to a five hundred dollar consoles? Uh, they're going to sell they're, the they're long, the say, launch where do I allotment it? no matter what. Yeah. I think it'll be fine. Yeah. I mean... Because one thing we've seen with this generation is the the prices don't really come down on consoles anymore. Well, I don't think... Also, I don't think the problem with the Xbox One was the price so much as you looked at that thing and it felt like they were forcing you to buy this extra thing you didn't want, this Kinect thing. And I think if you just say, here's a $500 game system and it's going to give you $500 worth of game system, great. Cool. Like I'm okay with that. If it if it looks to me when I'm yeah, as a consumer, maybe a less informed consumer, if I'm looking at this thing and it looks to me 
Like, every dollar of what I'm paying is in that game console box and not on this extra camera thing that's that you sitting won't, on top you of You may not ever want, even install. Want to hook up, but yeah. yeah. I feel like that. I'm going to not react as badly to that as I would to the Xbox One. Certainly, I mean, the Xbox One was a problem for that with that for me when it launched, too. I, mean, I really wished I could buy it without the Kinect. And to this day, that Kinect is sitting in a drawer somewhere, and I don't even know where it is. I kept mine hooked up forever. And it still sits on... It's not plugged in anymore, but it still sits on top of my Xbox I also One. Do, I mean, I am not a keep a live microphone in my house person. Nah. Like, I don't have any Google Home stuff. I don't have Alexa. I don't have Siri turned on. I have to hold the button to turn Siri on. I, you know, I don't... Me, I, I'm I don't right have any stuff. You, like, I, I've gotten Google Home uh, stuff as free, and, like, you know, I bought, like, a washer-dryer, and they gave me a free Google Home. I gave it to one of my friends who doesn't mind Google listening to all his arguments with his wife. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I'm not into that. So, like, if you like, – uh, the the Kinect was just part of that to me. It was just like, I don't need you listening to me all the time. I can just hit the button on the controller to turn the system on. Thank you very much. I think it was a cooler thing if you ran your cable TV through the – through the system because it, yeah. it let you play around, play around with a lot more, uh, except for that time when the voice activation paused a Broncos game in the middle <laughs> of one of the key plays, and I thought my friend Lawrence was going to have a heart attack. Yeah. yeah I mean, my Xbox, if I have my Kinect plugged in, it will still turn on randomly. Yeah. Well, we that first – I remember that because he bought it and hooked it up, and that was that first weekend, and eventually we realized we had to establish a rule that you couldn't say Xbox. Yeah, we wanted you to don't talk, even have to. We wanted to talk about the system, but we like every time someone would say Xbox, it would start doing shit. So we'd have to, okay, just call it something else. Call it Bob. Like It'll just pick up on random words from yeah, TV it just also shows and just turn on. Yeah. Like all the time, it happens to me. It's, it's not a perfect system. <laughs> Do you think Microsoft can get away with charging the same for its console as Sony? I mean, if the rumors about what their hardware is is true, no problem. I mean, obviously the difference is the lineup. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to be pushing on us. For the, Halo. I mean, they got Halo. Internet. Halo's a pretty good ask for five hundred bucks. Yeah. If you're really smart, you'd put it in the system. Pack it, it in. Pack it in. That would be. That would be the or way you, they can or, get you know, around. You know what you do? You pack in the Master Chief Collection. Or because that'll be done by then. You know, they're going to complete it with Halo Reach. Like a year later, give it away with the new system. What a great, what a great thing. Or you pack it in with something that maybe Sony can't really compete with, which is like three months a of Game, Game Pass. Pass. Yeah, I mean PlayStation Now is kind of turning it's into not Game on Pass, the, but, Ga- but also, it's not like, there yet. And also, Game Pass is going to offer you like the launch games, right? Like they're going to have day yeah. and date with the new stuff, and so and Sony stuff. So is, think about that. Yeah, it comes with, comes with like three months of Game Pass. That's great. You play all the launch. You have there's five launch games, first party launch games. Yeah. You get them all. Yeah, that is that is a that is some leverage right That's there. That's some real leverage, and it's going to be hard to find that I think between these two as the next ten yeah. months approach. So it'll be interesting to see what both. both so that's, that makes it doubly interesting because like Sony's going to have to have a launch lineup that really really makes you say I have to play that. Yeah, because uh, they're not, not just be I have because even if you have both systems having things where you're like oh I have to play that, Microsoft's going to have like I have to play that, but I'm going to play it through Game Pass, whereas Sony's like I have to play that. And I will pay sixty dollars on top of this five hundred dollar game system to play it. Yeah, and then you start thinking about game choice. pass. It's not just even the first party launch games; it's all the other stuff yeah. that's on Game Pass. Yeah. So you give them three months free. They have the best launch for a console like ever. That three months is up. They're probably going to be sold on Game Pass. And you're probably looking at more robust backwards compatibility support. Yeah. Just because that's how Xbox has been rolling for several years now. Yeah. I mean, you're, if you have a Game Pass subscription packed in with that thing, you are really looking at a solid instant game library right yep. there. Mike, Microsoft has an opportunity to turn the tables. Yeah. We'll I mean, see if it. I couldn't choose Microsoft 
over Sony in the long run just because I desperately need to play Spider-Man 2 whenever that comes out. But I could, but I could see waiting yeah. until that is there. Yep. And we'll see what's there at launch. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I will look, Ghost of Tsushima is going to get me to buy that system one way or the other because clearly it looks to me like they are doing that thing I thought they might do and making Ghost of Tsushima a PS5 launch title, even if it does also play on PS4. Yeah. Um, but that game, I, I am so excited about that game, not just because of the subject matter because I do like you know, it's feudal Japan samurai stuff, but because it's Sucker Punch and I love Sucker Punch, yeah. um, like, you got me. Like, if, if you, you're going to launch with a Sucker Punch game, you got me. Yep. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about the biggest game announcement of the week. Undoubtedly would have been our trailer of the week, but we're going to talk about it, so it's mm-hmm. not. And that game is Half-Life Alex coming to all PC HMDs, not just Valve Index. Mm-hmm. Um it all and Valve is also saying that it will run basically on the same GPUs that were were required for the first wave of VR. So if you build a rig for the first Oculus or the first Vive, mm-hmm. your GPU should be you good should enough. Be okay. You should yeah. be all right. Um, Just imagine this, but with like a screen door in front of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, so it'll be playable on any PC-based HMD, and that includes, like, the new Rift stuff, like mm-hmm. Quest and Rift S. Um, and Which if- is smart. I mean, it goes into what we've talked about in the past of, like, it's not time to try and force people to buy your headset. You just want people to buy a headset. Right, Like, right. you got to get the medium out there before the tech- you start worrying about who gets what market share. Now, to be clear, if you buy a Valve Index, you do get it for free. And not only that, <laughs> if you just buy... But the Valve Index is enough as it is. Yeah. So. Well, actually, if you only buy the Knuckles controllers, you'll also get it for free. So mm. you don't have to buy... That's pretty good. I mean, if you just want to like upgrade the controllers for your Vive with the Knuckles or whatever... Yeah. I, that doesn't super surprise me just because when you... you know, they're clear. She's got her own Knuckles controller yeah, yeah. in the game. Yeah, it's true, actually. I mean, it's clearly meant to kind of be a demo of knuck- what Knuckles can do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so uh, the other big question was, well... Is this game going to be playable in 2D eventually? Because it makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. to just let people just play it as a normal shooter if they want to. And Valve said in an interview with PC Gamer that no, it has thought about it for yep. the last year and that it just thinks that what makes the game what it is cannot be replicated with a regular controller. So, which I called last. I I, I don't think you do that. Like, you, you go ahead and make it a showcase for VR, it's not going to translate properly. Just like there's never going to be a controller version of... Um, maybe no, there is a controller version of that. Never mind. But Beat Saber, I was going to say? I was going to say uh, that Star Trek game. Oh. But they did eventually let you play it. They did, yeah. Separate, just because the multiplayer servers were a ghost town. Yeah. be interesting to go back and look at some of that stuff now and see if you can even get a game. Yeah. I mean, you could probably... Eventually, I bet people will be able to cludge together a way to play this with a controller. Like a normal controller. Although someone will hack it and figure it out because it is going to be moddable, by the way. Yeah. It's going to have that ability. So, yeah, somebody will, will make it so you can play it in 2D. But as of right now, Valve has no intentions to do that officially. Um, you can play it three different ways. You can play it room scale. You can play it standing. Or you can play it sitting. Uh, there are three different movement options. There is the teleport there's just normal walking in 3D, and then there's one other way to play that I'm not familiar with. I can't remember what, what they called it. Um, it's like a cross between walking and teleporting. 
Hmm. I don't know. It seemed like a new kind of way to play VR games, but you have three different ways to play, which is a big deal. Valve is saying it is its biggest project ever. You believe that? Well, I mean, in terms of manpower, I could see it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess because it hasn't really made a modern game. So it really hasn't had to make a game where you'd need the 250, 300-person team to finish And I'm sure there's a ton of R&D in this. I mean, they're they're trying to make this, uh, you know, VR's killer app uh, in a similar way as, you know, Obviously, they were already a thing by the time Half-Life 1 came out, but Half-Life 1 was a reason a lot of people I knew bought a state-of-the-art gra- uh, 3D Voodoo 2. V- graphics card for yeah, that. Yeah, that's why I bought a Voodoo 2, and I was very happy to see that it worked on everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it made everything look a lot better, but that's why I got one. I definitely upgraded my GPU for that. Um, so they're saying it's this biggest project ever. They're saying one-third of the people who are developing Half-Life Alex worked on either Half-Life 1 or Half-Life 2. Um, that's pretty good. When you figure how many years it's been yeah, since the last Half-Life, that you still a third of the team. What have you been doing since then? <laughs> Working on Steam, I guess. Man. I don't know. Working on Dota, Dota 2. I, I don't know. I don't know what they've been doing. Um, so, yeah, biggest project ever for Valve. That's quite a statement. The story is set between the events of Half-Life and Half-Life 2. Uh, it sees Alex and her father, Eli, secretly mounting a resistance to the brutal occupation of Earth by the Combine. So, Spoiler, they fail. <laughs> well, that's kind of the thing, isn't it, when you know yeah. what's going to happen afterwards. It's the same problem the Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order had. Where, where it's you just, just like, know. They you aren't going to succeed. You know like, what the end result <laughs> is, yeah. Or it's, else Luke Skywalker is just a farmer for yeah, the rest yeah. of his life <laughs> so with nothing to do. Yeah, the hope is that the excitement is how you get there, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. It, it does squash a little bit of the excitement for something, knowing... I mean, you're leaning entirely on the on the gameplay at that point, which, yep. I mean, looks adequately involved with how VR, modern VR stuff... You know, you can see, like, oh, you're going to grab the thing and load the gun, and, you know, it's all going to track your fingers. I mean, the fun- finger-tracking stuff is fun. Like, I've played the Void uh, Avengers thing, where, like, you just... You just put the helmet on, and there's nothing on your hands, and you move. You can move your you move your hands, and it reads all everything just fine. And that's just like an Oculus Quest. Yep. So like, yeah, it's pretty. That stuff's pretty much there. You use the finger controllers. I'm sure it's super accurate. It'd be great. Well, honestly, a lot of the stuff that's in this trailer is stuff that's been in that game Boneworks for like two years right. now, and that's why I keep telling you like this game's still a ways away. Boneworks comes out on December 10th, I think. Well, this isn't too far. It's like March. Yeah, it's not that far away, but I mean, it's, it's a few months away. But I mean, that's, that's the one. The one nice thing. thing about this is they are not showing something that's some kind of like R and D. Like one day we'll get to see this. It's yeah. like this game's like a quarter and a half away. They're actually showing the game too. Yeah. It's not a CG. The game looks amazing, by the way. Can we? We just completely glossed over that. Yeah, like, it looks holy good. crap! Like how about here where he I mean, searches the shelf and finds a single shotgun shell and then puts it in the gun. It ain't gonna look like that on my headset. No, <laughs> it won't. But. Uh, but it looks damn good, man. It's good to just see this universe at such a fidelity level. I mean, it lived up to expectations for me, what I've seen of it so far. I'll say that. I mean, I'm st- I still don't care just because make Half-Life 2 Episode 3 or make Half-Life 3 or go away. So that's like, my question. Care. Why do you think that they did this kind of in-between story instead of just doing Episode 3? I think because... After they, people begged for it I for mean, so they did long. say there's more coming, like Half-Life's back, basically. Yeah, yeah, there's they said coming. that they're going to keep supporting the So franchise. my guess would be, like, they wanted something they could fuck up on. Okay. You know, like, I, if you make Episode 3 or Half-Life 3 and it's in VR and it 
doesn't work right, it's bad somehow, or like people don't accept it well. Yikes! Yeah, like you basically ruined you can kill the, franchise. the franchise. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you screw up like a midquel like this, like a little spin like it's just a side. That, game. I've never just, heard that that term midquel. Yeah, I've never heard that. It's just a side game. It's yeah. just a side thing. Midquel. I mean, I don't know when that got coined. I think I referred. I've referred to the like the Star Wars like Rogue One and Solo are midquels. Okay. Because I've never between, heard that before. Between the prequels and the yeah, trilogies. Yeah. Um, so I, are I, you saying that there's a chance that we might see Episode Three? Do you think we see Episode 3 or Half-Life 3? Look, man, if they make more Half-Life after this and it's not Episode 3 and or Half-Life 3, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. No, but which How do you think it will be? How long can you stall? Which do you think it will be? Do you think they would just do another small episode or do you think they would just go for I think they would sequel? just. I would think they would just pick up where yeah, Episode 2 left off and call it Half-Life 3. That's what I figured, I mean, too. Yeah. Um, so, as you know, in Half-Life 2... And then what are we going to complain about not coming out? There won't be anything If Half-Life 3 comes out, what do we do? There's nothing left. That's good. That's the way it should be. There's no impossible games left yeah. at that point. Yep. It's Except maybe a Darksiders that actually follows up on that goddamn ending. Right, right. And I, But I think that's coming, too. I think that's the, that'll be the next Darksiders game. Yeah, I would not be surprised. Uh, they're giving us what we want. We ask for it, they generally give it to us. I mean, I know Reggie was all pissed off because he, fe- he said he felt like Nintendo listened to its fans, and then the fans would screw him and not buy the games. But... It, does, it sounds like it hasn't you, deterred everybody You were else. really overestimating how many people wanted Wii Music, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Here's That's a TV good. that looks like an Apple. <laughs> so, as you guys probably remember, the big innovation, I mean, some people may be so young they don't know this, but the big innovation in Half-Life 2 was the gravity gun. Yeah. It's a physics, gun. It, yeah. Havoc physics. I mean, that was like a thing. I, I will tell you, one of the things that has irritated me this week, it just as an old man on his lawn, is... Um, breathless oh my god half-life is back like youtube takes from people who were like seven when half-life 2 came out i'm like you don't know yeah, you don't care you were you're just you know you, you know that you know there's supposed to here. feel that yeah, way you know there's clicks here that's all it's, <laughs> this is not genuine like when huber lost his mind when shenmue Over 3 shenmue, got, yeah. got announced <laughs> so you know that this is a big deal and you're sort of like trying to appeal to the, the your dad yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep. So gravity, the gravity gun was in Half Life Two. In mm-hmm. this game, we have the gravity gloves, which it it seems as if this was the first rev of the technology, and which, you get which it is as weird. Which is weird in that, like, usually technology starts bigger, bigger and gets, and gets smaller. smaller. Yeah. I guess you could say they had fewer components to work with as the combine occupation cracked down. That's possible. On they may also say that I'm going to stop doing Valve's work for them now. <laughs> They may also end up saying ultimately that the gravity gloves can't pick up objects that are as big or as yeah, heavy. Yeah, maybe. Could be. Uh, I don't know. It's also like a really brilliant way around the limitations of VR. Yep. It also is a good way to show the fact that their gloves. It's perfect with the the new right. knuckles controllers. Like it allows Valve to show off its new tech. The synergy is palpable. It it, it absolutely is. Uh, here's a big departure from prior Half Life games. Alex talks. What? what? Well, the only person who doesn't actually talk is Gordon. So. Yeah, I mean, everyone else talks in, but I mean, the protagonist will talk in this game. And it seems from the trailer, she's really chatty. Yeah. Uh, but Alex. She was never shy no. in, in, the, in two. Yeah. Alex has a new voice actor, though. They did not bring back the voice actor who handled her before. Hmm. Uh, G Man returns with the original voice actor, though. He has the same guy still. Um,. And he's been a. I, oh, actually, it's the same voice actor since Half Life Two. There was a mm-hmm. different one for the first Half Life. Um, the trailer did 10 million views in 24 hours. Pretty that 
that is like Cyberpunk 2077 levels. Games just simply do not do traffic like that anymore. They just don't. But how many of those will convert into sales? Yeah, you don't know, but still. I mean, it could be the thing that catches VR on fire in the core gaming world, but like... I don't know. I wonder how many people are just curious and in the end are sort of bitter about the idea that they are expected to buy a VR headset to play more of this thing they like. Which is, of course, how everything works. I mean, that's what Sony's counting on me to buy a PS5 if I want to play more Spider-Man. I mean, that's just how it works. Yeah. But it's funny how there's still that sort of barrier with a VR headset versus like a game console or a new graphics card. Yep. And then the voice actor who does Eli Vance, Alex's dad... That's a new voice actor because I think it was that Robert Guillaume that did the voice. Yeah, I think he didn't. He and he die? died. Yeah. yeah, so they had to replace him. So understandable. Uh, they're they're saying that the game itself is as long as Half Life Two. So Half Life Two was no joke. Was that twenty hours roughly? It was long. Twenty hour up, VR game. That's probably I a record. To, uh, <laughs> I reviewed it for I reviewed it for X Play. I went up to to Valve and played it there, and I got like maybe halfway through it. Like, and I was there all day. Like, yep. it was, yeah, it was like a 20-hour game. Yeah. Every once in a while, like, some, like uh, Doug or Gabe or someone would come in and watch me play. And if you want to know what pressure feels like. <laughs> That'll do it. Like, I'm just like, ah, why are you watching me play? Because that is one thing. Every time I was stuck on anything, they would come and say, like, mm, stuck. I'm like, God. Yeah, that. I just spent, like, an hour getting, like, <laughs> constant forward motion. And you show up exactly when I can't figure out what I'm supposed to do. That is one thing about review events. Like, now that they don't really happen anymore. That is one thing about review events that always annoyed the crap out of me was when the developers would walk around and watch you play their yeah. game because inevitably they'll stop and they'll be like oh you should do that this way it's like no, no this is how i'm playing the game the fact that i'm doing it this other way shows that you didn't do a good enough job in telling me that's the way i'm supposed to do it although sometimes they just fuck with you like i remember oh, one, yeah, yeah. one time i was i was i'd gone the wrong way or was doing something that i was like i couldn't get past the part and i think it was call of duty I think it was Modern Warfare 2 or something, and, like, Vince was there, and I'm just like, what do I do? He's like, I don't know. I don't play this crap. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the time, it's not that way. No. Usually the developer knows the game very, very well. I mean, Vince could say that because he was the head of the the big cheese. I'm sure the people that that worked on the individual levels would come in and be like, yeah, yeah. well, but now the review events are gone, and we just basically review actually games one, on our couch. When I did uh, Modern Warfare 1, they actually had the level designer for uh, for the all gillied up thing. Yeah. They let me try it once, and then I died like most of the way through, and they just had the the level designer come in and finish that part for me because, like, yeah, it's too hard. We're going to fix it later. It's, it's like, just, just get through that. Oh, wow. And then we went to lunch. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I literally got to the end, but, like, the last part was just, it was that showdown at the Ferris wheel, and it was just too hard. Yeah. It was crazy. And then I played it again. And beat it, like, the first and time. First try. <laughs> no question. Like, That's no because problem. you went down the right path that the game wanted you to yeah. go down. It's like I said about Call of Duty. If you stray off of the path, things go wrong. You can't finish, you can't yeah, finish there's the a, level. There's an absolute yellow brick road designed to it. Yep. Half-Life 2 did not have that problem. Yep. So now that we know all this about Alex, first of all, I think it sounds freaking amazing, and I'm really excited for it. But do you think it's enough to send VR into the mainstream? Probably not. Yeah. I don't think Half-Life has that kind of cachet with outside the core gaming demographic anymore. But doesn't VR just really need the core demographic to adopt it? It doesn't really need, like, the casual. To start with, yeah. It needs the core of us to get behind it and say, this is good now, and this mm-hmm. is something that you should buy. Yeah, and then you move out from there. I think that's right. So do you, but Although, look, if you look at the chat, uh, speaking of Beat Saber, it looks like Facebook just bought them. Bought Beat Saber. The developer of Beat Saber, yeah. That was smart. 
That's too bad. It was smart, though. I mean, it is smart. Because <laughs> it's I'm the sure best-selling VR I'm game sure in the world. I'm sure it was lucrative for the Beat Saber guys, too. Which and good is cool. for them. Yeah. But that's too bad. I just saw, like, a Mountain Dew commercial or something with Beat Saber in it. Yeah, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cultural touchstone it's, at this yeah. point. Yeah, like, people see it now, and they're like, that's VR gaming. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about. Do you think this could change that? I don't think one game can change anything. Yeah. I think this will help. It'll at least at least pave the way. Maybe in the way Half Life One, it'll pave the way. Be like, hey, look, you can make real games with real stories with real engagement in VR. You just have to do it like. I mean, I think it, it could launch a thousand clones that maybe do it almost as well. Like, I think that might be the biggest hope is not just that you get some kind of killer app, but that killer app leads to, oh, we could do this. So in the same way that Mario Brothers did, yeah, uh, you know, we're, we're, the, the people forget how many Mario clones there were on the NES, but like it was one of those revelatory moments where it's like, oh, this is how this works, yeah. Um, and that was even more so because that was a, you know the side-scrolling thing was a thing that PCs couldn't do at the time. Um, that was like a big deal. It was like how do you get things to scroll? Whereas this console and arcade hardware could just scroll all day. It just, that's what it was made for. So it yeah. became a way you could make these things, and sort of Nintendo led the charge on here's how you use this tech. So Valve could do the same with this, you know. And I think other games have done similar. I mean, it's not like you have it's the first developer to figure out how to make a VR game properly, but like I think you could. You, you're look. I think VR is looking for a template. You know what I mean? They're looking for a a, a, a standard mode. And Valve is kind of pretty good at figuring that out. Yeah. I think I go back to what you've kind of been saying all along, which is until the prices drop on the hardware, it's yeah. just a really, really hard. I mean, really, you need also yeah, in conjunction, you need cheaper prices on the on the goggles, and they need to be self-contained. Yeah. You need I to mean, be Quest able to. Quest obviously is there. I mean, yeah, now but it's and... not like. The power isn't there. It's still very blurry. Yeah. Even on those void like things you pay forty bucks for, I, I mean, I can't see facial expressions on those. You know, I can't. It's too blurry to see characters when they're talking to you effectively. Like, I don't know if Doctor Strange in that Avengers thing in Void looks like Benedict Cumberbatch because I can't see his goddamn face. Right. It's yeah. just sort of. Bleh. Um, so yeah, but I mean, I mean that's only going to get better as more iteration. But when you can just buy one that looks really good that can do justice to those graphics we see in that footage. And just grab it off the table and stick it on your head and slip the finger things on and you're playing. I mean, that's when you really have an opportunity to, to break out. But until then, appealing to people like us who are willing to put up with bullshit for the name of a new experience with something like Half-Life is probably a smart way to go. But I really would rather just play Half-Life 3. Yeah. But, I mean, let's be honest. like most Whatever of, it takes to get there, I guess. I, I mean, to be honest, most of us didn't adopt VR. Yeah. And, I'm, you know, I'm talking about evangelists, people who are – the gamer in their group of friends who all their friends go to to ask them whether they should buy stuff or not. Like, those people haven't bought VR still. Like, PlayStation VR sold a couple million. It sounds like Vive sold a million mm-hmm. or two. It sounds like Rift sold a million or two. And also, I don't think you're ever going to get... I mean, so much of gaming in terms of the mainstream and the things that make things, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, 15 million sellers, people just want to sit on a couch and play a game. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. There's too VR. much work involved in these in in something like VR. You know, VR is an experience versus like turn on Fortnite and get stoned. You know, there's yeah. two very different things, and not everybody wants that other experience. Yeah, I um, I think if Valve weren't swimming in money, we'd get a 2D version of this game. 
But yeah, it, it's not. True. It, it doesn't need the money, and so I think swimming it, in money and doing their own headset that yeah, helps. It can a lot. afford to stand on its principles and not worry about whether this one game turns a profit or not. Yeah, so I mean, it doesn't it's not going to hurt to be like kind of like it's best on index kind of yeah. thing, you know, sort of like you know the Nvidia thing, like how it's meant how it's meant to be played or whatever. I think what's bothered me the most about these subsequent generations of VR is they're missing what we've been talking about, which is. Making it not as cumbersome to play. Quest is getting there. Yeah. But, like, they're they're not dropping the price. So they introduce a new one, and then they just drop the price of the old one. So they're not – when they're putting out new hardware, they're not saying, you know what? This is the best hardware on the market. If we want this to succeed, we probably need to take a little bit of a loss on this. And maybe they still are. And then maybe I they would need, guess they are. Then maybe they need to take more of a loss because – Anytime you're selling something for like eight hundred, nine hundred, a thousand dollars, you're never gonna get a mass audience. You're just not. Well, the cost of like the cost of like those screens that are in the headset and the lenses, like those are never coming down yeah. for a long time. You know, I mean, the cutting edge of those things is gonna cost what they cost. I think they need to be focused. They, the thing is, like, and I think maybe the index is a, is a sign of this, and Facebook does seem, uh, the Oculus does seem to be sort of looking at this a little bit. Um, I think you need to really be looking at not just what is our new model that we're going to sell for $900 and it's going to be the best thing, but like you got to take a look at the lifespan of that thing and say like when we're really going to sell these to people is going to be when the next model's out and these things drop by half. How do we make this thing still appealing four years from now? Right, when there's the hot new thing out there. like. With VR, you also ha- you almost have to be even more coy than like a, a platform holder would be. A platform mm-hmm. holder, you can get away with like starting to slip details out about the next whatever, and it's not going to affect your bottom line that much with your current platform. With VR, it could absolutely sabotage it. Yeah. Because then it's looked at as like it's not the hot new thing. And if you're going to spend, even if you're going to spend four, four or five hundred dollars on something, so say. Rift S is discounted now; it's half price, and you're spending four or five hundred dollars for it. You you still need like assurances to do that. Like you you need to feel good about it. Nobody just casually spends four or five hundred dollars. So when you're buying something for that amount of money, you need to feel like this is still hot. Like this is a cool piece of tech. And I feel like with VR, when you're saying, okay, now this is half price. This one, the new one's eight hundred to a thousand. You're kind of admitting that the old one is kind of a piece of junk at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's kind of been a deterrent for people to adopt VR, even when the old model kind of gets to a reasonable price. Like, particularly VR, it is this bleeding edge technology. It's what you've built up in people's minds around the tech. And to then come out and say, well, now we have what's really the hot tech, and here's this other one, we're going to discount it. I just don't think that that's conducive to that market in particular. I don't really know. not. But anyway, no matter how you slice it, Half-Life Alex is a big freaking deal. Even if you're just a Half-Life fan, you don't care about VR, you're going to get more Half-Life after this. Provide They did say provided it doesn't just completely tank. And it's not. I mean, the only reason it would tank is because people don't have VR headsets. It's not because people aren't interested and they don't want to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think ultimately Valve will figure that out, and we're going to get more Half-Life. Thank God, after all this time... It looks like we're back on the path where, you know what? You can expect a Half-Life game every four years or something instead of, like, every lifetime. Let's not go nuts just yet. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it sounds like they haven't spent a ton of time working on this. It started as, like, a little dinky demo to help sell Vive. 
And as they started messing around with it, they started realizing, hey, like we have something here. We can make a full game out of this. So even if you don't have a VR helmet and you love Half-Life, you might want to buy this game. That's all I'm saying mm-hmm. because it is going to be the barometer that they use to determine whether the franchise goes forward. It looks like they're leaning towards it. So if it does pretty well, it sounds like we're good, man. We're locked and loaded for Half-Life. Yeah. I mean, it's th- as though they couldn't have just made Half-Life 3 and still been successful. No, you're right. And then the next question becomes, do you put it out day and date on the consoles? Yeah. You're saying yes, you do? I don't know. No, I, I say yeah, that is the question. Yeah. It would Probably be weird. Not. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, you want you definitely want Steam to get a big chunk of that like yeah. right out of the gate before it starts going to all these yeah, other there's No servers. reason not to drive people to Steam before you start letting Sony and Microsoft have a cut of it. Even if it's like a 4 month or Although whatever. Although maybe you re-release the the orange box. Yeah. But consoles. it came much way later though. Yeah. So, I mean not with with Half-Life 3, but just be like, here's the orange box again. Yeah. Or Portal, whatever. That would yeah. work. Portal's yeah. still a great game. We could use a, a, you know versions of Half-Life 1 and 2 on the modern modern consoles. Yep, for sure. That's a good point, actually. What about just like a remake of Half-Life 1? Yeah. I mean, they did that already. Maybe do it again. They did it already? Half-Life Source? Yeah, I guess you're right. They put it into the Source engine. Yeah. yeah. That's not a remake, though. That's like a remaster, I guess. Well, yeah, no, I guess they did no, have a remake. That's a remake. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. It may be like the first remake ever. Now that you think about it. Um, I mean, I think the now a couple PC games where I would say the Super Mario All-Stars games yeah. are, are remakes. Yeah. Especially in the way that they screwed up the jumping mechanics on <laughs> Mario 1. Well, at least now you know that they actually like built something also, new. Also, kind of any time you put an arcade game on a home system in the 80s, you had to remake it. That's true. Yeah, because they just didn't have the arcade yeah, hardware. You couldn't port it. You no, had to you literally make it again. You had to remake it, which is why a lot of them ended up being terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Pac-Man 2600, probably the worst remake of all time. <laughs> That's true. That is the first remake. <laughs> there it is. That's the first remake. Again. Oh, there were others. But that's Before the one Pac-Man? Oh, yeah. On the were, 2600? There was Asteroids and Missile Command. and Yeah, because Pac-Man came a little later. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Defender. Pac-Man yeah. was like the big game for the Christmas after it launched, if yeah. I remember correctly. No, it was like two or three years. Was it that long It was long like 82. After? Yeah. Was it? Or 80. It was 80. You see the photo I posted on my on Twitter of me with my first video game console? I don't think so. Yeah, so my wife was digging through photos, and she found a photo of me and my sister, who obviously now will rest in peace, with our console in the 70s, hmm. the Telstar Marksman. Wow. Yep. I don't think I've ever even seen one of those in person. We couldn't figure out what year it was, but I'm leaning on one side of it, and she's leaning on the other, and we are just all smiles. Uh, it's a great photo. You should check hmm. it out. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Dinfire if you want to see it. But, yeah, we couldn't figure out the exact year the photo was taken, but we think it was, like, 77 or 78. Um, but, yeah, there I am. I'm, like, released in 78. Yeah, I'm, like, so a toddler or whatever. I'm, probably, like, a kid. Yeah, probably 78. Yep. So, anyway, if you want to see it, go check I it out. I was not yet aware of video games at that point. <laughs> I was well aware of them first, and obsessed with them First time already. I saw a video game was 1979, Asteroids, Ferrell's. Ice Cream Parlor, San Mateo, California. Arcade. I, rem- I remember that was one of my earliest memories of seeing that Asteroids machine and being like, what is that? Like, I, was, <laughs> like I knew the instant Something's I saw Something's going to happen. It's going to be big. I knew it, too. You can see it on my face in that, fic- that picture. Check it out. Vincent's actually linked to it in uh, the chat if the people in the chat hmm. want to check it out. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about the Game Awards. They're coming up December 10th. Jeff Keighley's annual 12th. extravagance. 12th? 
Okay. Thursday. Thursday. Keely would kill me for getting that date wrong. Yeah. <laughs> December twelfth. Um. Keeley's big annual project, aside from, he's got all kinds of little side stuff going on now. He did, like, the final hours of Half-Life, Alex, and mm-hmm. um, so he's a busy guy. But his big thing every year is the Game Awards. And, and a, he's got that big Gamescom show now. That's right. Yep. Which is coming back next year. That's coming back. Yeah, they just announced that that's coming back, too. Uh, but his biggest thing is coming up here in a few weeks. Uh, I think the Game Awards... Certainly, I'd say the thing closest to his heart. <clears throat> yeah, do you think he's a little disappointed that Valve didn't hold it until the Game Awards? He was only just two weeks away. <laughs> think about it, though. He did the yeah. whole... He knew about this a long time ago. Was at Valve doing a documentary about the development about of the yeah, game. That's a good... And he could not get the exclusive on it for the Game Awards. That is too bad. That's weird. Yeah. But the, what happened Valve is... Valve wants to stand alone. I think what happened long. is the story broke. And Valve is like, okay, people are speculating about mm. this. What mm-hmm. do we do about it? And they just were like, we're just going to put the trailer Yeah, out. you can't just wait for two weeks or three weeks. Because that's when things spiral out of control. It's two weeks away. Or, some, or someone at your company says something stupid or does something stupid and you mm-hmm. lose half your fan. Like, I think Valve did the right thing. Still got to be a, dis- a bit of a disappointment for Jeff to not lock that down. Maybe, but maybe we'll see a little more. Probably we'll probably yeah we'll get another piece of it. I'm guessing. Or he'll, he'll probably talk to Gabe or something. And I'm sure. Look, there's going to be plenty of awesome exclusives at the Game Awards. There always are. Um, World premiere. Yeah, and that's but that's not what we're here to discuss. We're here to discuss the actual awards. You know the part that just usually kind of gets shoved off to the side. Although yeah. I will say last year he did do a better job of getting more uh, they, awards. He did better. I mean, I think the they should. I mean, look, it's a commercial. Like the, the awards are an excuse to have the event. No one really cares that much. Like, yeah. If you want to talk about equivalents to the Oscars, you're looking at stuff like the Dice Awards or the GDC Choice Awards because those are chosen by other developers. They're chosen yeah. by, by peers. It did seem, I will say this, though. It did seem like Corey Barlog was pretty damn excited to win. I would say so, yeah. I mean, the recognition. When God of War won. He... Also, I mean, you got to feel like a little vindication as Corey Barlog just because that's got to be scary, like reinventing that series and, like, you know, something that a, a series that. Frankly, people were sick of by the time they got the fourth r- version out to the point that people don't even remember the fourth game very yeah, anymore. Yeah. Reinventing it completely, messing with all this stuff, and like wondering if like anyone's even going to accept it. Like so, yeah, I can I can understand like any anything like that would be incredibly vindicating. I think the industry cares. Um, do they care more about stuff like dice? Maybe. I mean, it's more of a party than the other is, games. Yeah. The other game awards. The others like, are like more formal and more buttoned up. Yeah, this is more the MTV Movie yeah. Awards. Yeah, you know? that's a good that's a good analogy. Actually, this is like the MTV Movie Awards versus the Oscars. Right. Yeah. So we're gonna get tons of trailers and debuts. We know that, but what we're here to talk about is the awards. Uh, they announced all the nominees for like every category. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, I think, they put out a Death trailer. Stranding overlooked for esports coach of the year. I cannot <laughs> believe it. <laughs> uh, Jared, I think you have a trailer in there that runs through all the nominees. Uh, but we're really just going to talk about the game of the year nominees. Um, so they listed what five? They have five nominees for each category. One, uh, two, six three, three four, nominees. six nominees. Um, and we'll just go through these one by one, and we'll kind of share our opinions on whether we believe that they're worthy of being a top six game for 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, first up is Control. We love the game. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. It did well with critics. It one has thing that done I, awful at retail. Yeah, one thing I thought was interesting is when they announced the the nominees, uh, I saw on a lot of the on Twitter when people were listing the nominees, 
there were tons of people on Twitter and Reddit that were like, I don't know what Control is. I've never heard of that game. What the fuck is Control? Wow. Like, I mean, some of them were arguing it shouldn't be nominated for Game of the Year because they hadn't heard of it. <laughs> which is like, I don't think you understand what awards are. Yeah, that doesn't But like, the fact that so many people had no idea Control was even a thing was striking to me. And to be fair, I didn't really know what it was before, like a week before it came out either. Yeah. Like, I only knew I only knew what it was and found out what it was because I think you ran it as a trailer of the week, and I realized, like, oh, I'm going to have to play that because we're going to talk about it. Yeah. If I wasn't really on – if I wasn't on this show, I don't know if I would have even noticed. Yep. They did a terrible job marketing this game, both before launch and post-launch. But it is one of my favorites of the year. It is absolutely one of the best games of the year. It So it definitely deserves to be on there. Next up, you already kind of cracked a little bit of a joke about this. Death Stranding, which has literally been nominated for everything. Yes. Every. If it can thing. be nominated for it, it was. Yeah, I mean, literally the only categories that it wasn't nominated in are where it just could you couldn't. Like like you said, like best esports athlete or best mm. like influencer. Yeah, probably yeah, probably no trending gamer of the year. No. For this but one. But everything Although, else yeah. it was nominated. It is in every category. And I will say this, as I started looking down through the categories, a lot of them I couldn't argue with. Because a lot of the categories are like best voice acting, best yeah. cinematography, best I mean, if you look at those awards, they're all kind of set up to reward games made by Hideo Kojima. Pretty much. It's kind of funny. Like, I looked at the list of it, and I was like, you know what? I can't really argue against it being included in I can argue against it being nominated for Best Writing. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, give yeah. me a break. But, uh, but of course, it was going to be. I mean, there's no way it wouldn't be. I mean, I know, like, Jeff, I mean, Jeff doesn't choose these things himself, so yep. it's not like, I don't think there's, like, some weird... Yeah, it's not a conspiracy, conspiracy or, anything, or yeah. like corruption. By I don't think it's. I mean, all that stuff is funny, like that people talk about, but I don't think that's in play here. I think it's not just either. it's a prominent game in what I would consider a fairly barren non- year, fairly non standout <laughs> yeah. year. Frankly, yeah, like it's it's uh, it's, it was going to be there. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I would say is the game just came out. Well, barely so, squeaked in. It's like I wonder. Fa- Jedi Fallen Order doesn't get to be in. It was after the deadline. Oh, really? Yeah. That's why it's not nominated. Uh, I wondered about that. I also wonder if everybody who voted for these awards, and generally they're editors-in-chief of various publications. I used to be a part of it when I was the EIC of Game Trailers. I wonder if they've actually all played this game, like, one at all, two, like, all the way through. I mean, the big outlets got it, like, a month ahead of time or something. Yeah, yeah, but the the editor-in-chief... It's the editor-in-chief, typically, though. Mm. And EIC is, like, at least when I was at GT, like, you can play what you want, generally. You don't just have to play stuff. Now, people will play this as an EIC because you're going to need to for your Game of the Year discussions. I just wonder how much playtime was actually rolled into the votes that this got for uh, the Game Awards because it came so quickly right after it released. you got to remember, too, that they start tabulating the votes from the EICs Weeks from ago. Mm-hmm. So even though they just announced the nominees and that happened to be a few days after Death Stranding came out, they actually were tabulating the nominations weeks ago. If it still works the way it did in the past and the way the Game Awards work, and I'm assuming that it does, I could be wrong, but I think I'm probably right on that. Um, but anyway, it is in every category. So no matter what, I mean, somehow, some way, Death Stranding is going to win more than one award. Yeah. 
I mean, it and probably at the end of it all, and, it may have won more awards than any other game. Yeah, and and the, the tell will probably be whether Kojima's there or not. Oh, he'll be there because if someone's <laughs> gonna, definitely if be there. someone's going to fly from Japan to be somewhere, you better give him a, give him a trophy. Yeah, I mean he'll he'll be I, there. I think I deserved a trophy every time I flew to Japan. <laughs> Seriously, it's a crap. That flight point. is that it's flight brutal. is a, is a haul. It is brutal for sure. Particularly coming back when you fly over the international oh, date yeah. line and live the same point in time twice in your life. That's when your brain just like I give up. Okay, so Death Stranding. Obviously, one of the big six, uh, pre- pretty much the biggest game in all the nominations. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. As, as James Cameron said at the uh, about Am- Alien Three, it's not how I would have done it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, I certainly would nominate it for all the technical stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's a good looking game. Uh, next, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So you talked about how Star Wars just barely missed the yeah. cut this Smash year. Smash Brothers didn't make it in. It happened to Smash Brothers last year. Yeah, Smash Brothers really didn't make the cut because it was December. Yep, and this is a little. It's like a week before the show, right? I think. Yeah, it, it came out like right under, right before the show happened. It's a little weird though, because particularly with a game like Smash, that's received a ton of post-launch support. So you figure all these other games that it's competing with, some of them have been out for like two weeks. It's been out for a year. So it has the advantage of having all this extra content mm-hmm. to consider. Do you think that gives Smash Brothers a shot at actually winning Game of the Year from the Game Awards? No. No? I don't think it has a ch- chance at all No, of winning. Yeah, no. I probably don't either. It's quote-unquote old. And also it's a fighting game. Fighting games don't win Game of the Year. It never has. It probably never will. Yeah. It's just too niche of a genre at this point. Do like you think... You, you probably give it some other thing. I don't know what... I don't remember all the different categories. There's probably a category in there you could give it. I mean, you'd probably... You, I think you would be hard-pressed to give any other game best music um, just because of the breadth and depth of the yeah. music that's in this I mean, this the thing. catalog is insane. I mean, it's real... Ob- I mean, that would be an obvious win for it. I, so, but I, I'm sure it'll get something, but I don't see it getting Game of the Year. Not not against, frankly, not against Death Stranding. I think Death Stranding is going to pretty much sweep this thing. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I think there's a lot of people that would not, again smash not Game of I the Year over it. Death Stranding. I think most, the majority of people would give Game of the Year to Smash. I would Death give Game Stranding. of the. I would give any other game on this list Game of the Year over. Death <laughs> well, that's us, absolutely. <laughs> but, but I think most people would agree with would would eh, say. I don't know. Maybe most people, but not most editors in chief. Apparently not. There's that weird thing where, like, it's like, oh, it was different and unique and daring, and didn't and took risks and didn't. That's do this. the crazy like, thing about that game. I don't feel that way about well, it. Well, neither at all. do I. But they say that all the time, and all the you know, that was all the reviews. It's like it's weird and doesn't make any sense, and it's terrible and boring, and it's brilliant and genius and ten out of ten. You know, it was very strange. It is weird. Like sentiments towards it and i think like it's just the right amount of old now it's just been around long enough that everyone's digested it enough to be like that was that was pretty great you know it's like no one remembers control smash brothers is old the you know the other one i I just don't i don't see the other ones having the 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 verve or the social media presence to like really pop up in someone's mind. I mean, I would certainly vote for any of these over Death Stranding. We're actually going to play. So after we get through all these nominees, we're going to play a name game. I am going to give you a list of games that are not Game of the Year nominees, and you're going to tell me whether you think they deserve to be in the top six or not. Hmm. But we need to get through these first. Next up, Resident Evil 2 Remake. 
This is a really tough one because there are lots of rules generally in place to keep games like this from being game mm -hmm. of the year. I mean, we basically have a rule that we, you know, we try not to recognize remakes or remasters as game of the year candidates here on Sifted. Everyone has a right to handle their editorial however they want. What's your take on this as far as Resident Evil 2 is concerned, the remake? I mean, Resident Evil 2 is more of a more extensive remake than yeah. a lot of them they are. It's like are. almost like a new game. Um, but I would argue that like if I can't nominate Shadow of the Colossus remake, I you don't nominate this. Uh, at the same time, I, again, I feel this this year was so sparse in standout titles, certainly in the AAA space. That like if you don't, if you disqualify Resident Evil Two, you are actually disqualifying one of the best games of the year. It is. And like I mean that's the crazy part when just I to played fill this. out the roster of the nominees you want Resident Evil. Do I think it has a shot at winning? No. But like should it be on there? I think it earned it, it earned its place. I agree. I mean it it would be hard for me to give it game of the year, but it's I mean now that we're at the end of the year, it is absolutely yeah. one of, I never dreamed. It is definitely the best thing I played in the first half of the yeah, year. I never dreamed when this year started when we were talking about the Resident Evil 2 remake on Game Face that I would be sitting here at the end of November saying it's one of the best games of the year. Yeah. I because I was a little were, worried I might. Because <laughs> but, there were so but, many other games that were supposed to come out right. that were delayed into next year, and then some games just didn't end up be, being as good as I had hoped they were, like Death Stranding. So, yeah, it's, it's the, yeah, it's that second one that was really the killer. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the best games of 2019. There's no doubt about it. Like, it's just the way it is, and it's a, an indictment on what this year has been, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, next up, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. I think you're, you will have no problem with that being in the top six. No, absolutely belongs there. Uh, it ended up selling pretty well, sold like three or four million. Not that that matters for this, but, right. but it did end up finding a pretty good audience. Certainly um, did better than Control. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What you think about that? Like, ten years ago, would you think that a game like Sekiro would sell better than a game like Control? No. No way. A Remedy game versus a... From software game? And just the content, just yeah. looking at the games. Like this ancient, feudal, really hard. Yeah. Well, as Kojima says, Americans only care about shooting things. Right, yeah. So Control <laughs> Control was definitely one of the best-selling games of the year versus a Samurai. No, it really wasn't. Yeah. It's almost like you don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> yep. Uh, but I knew that already because I've played your games. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Sekiro slides in there, and then the last Game of the Year nominee for the Game Awards is The Outer World. I was a little surprised. I mean, I don't disagree with this, but I was a little surprised by it because Outer Worlds feels a little... Derivative? Not derivative, but like... It, it does It me. feels like a first draft. You know, I feel like Outer Worlds 2 is going to be amazing. But Outer Worlds 1 was, oh, that was pretty good. That was, it felt good. It felt good to play a Fallout-style game again by some of the original people without sort of the baggage of Fallout that has developed over, you know, over the course of the Bethesda era. Um, but in terms of game, I mean, maybe I don't disagree with it for this year, but I think, feel like almost any other year this huh. would be an also ran. I mean, this game being nominated just shows you what kind of year we had. I yes. think this more than any other game on the Game Award nominees list, this is the one that shows you, yeah, 2019 wasn't all that great. For video games. Yeah, it's, it's it's the one that makes you go like, really? Yeah, but really? But you know what? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, 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 well, we'll see about huh. that. You know, Let, like, let's play the name game, Matt. So it's, I have a, it was like, it's, it's like Bioshock Infinite. It's like, 
Yeah, I liked it, but was it that good? I guess. I guess. I guess ultimately it was. In the end? Yeah, it's like, I don't know. In the grand scale of things, I guess. All right, so I have a list of games here. I'm going to read them, and you tell me if any one of them you think deserves to be a nominee over any of the six nominees they have right now. Devil May Cry 5. No. 88 Metacritic. No. No. Fire Emblem Three Houses. I mean, I would probably put that there over Smash Brothers. Over Smash. Because I don't care much for Smash Brothers at this point. Hmm. I might even put it in over the Outer Worlds, to be honest with you. Maybe. Yeah. They're kind of similar. <laughs> Neither one of them are like game of the I mean, year material. I but. mean, the weak points here are Death Stranding, Smash Brothers, and Outer Worlds for me. Like Those, those are the, are the I three just, that are going to be plucked out. Those somehow. are the three that I just don't didn't resonate with me yeah. the same way as the others. So Fire Emblem, uh, maybe. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I, I would not be mad at Fire Emblem being included. Okay. Hell, I wouldn't be mad if it was the seventh. Just wanted to make, you know, just want to go Oscar with it and be like nominate ten of them. Fuck, you know. Yeah. You can include that. I like I like that one a lot. One I spent I a lot of time. Lot. I spent a lot of time. with Yeah, it, it was a lot of time. <laughs> like like two work weeks. I never finished all added it. Up. I did. I made it somehow. Uh, next, Apex Legends. No, no, not for any of the six. No, I mean it's probably my favorite battle royale, but it didn't hold my attention more than two weeks. Okay, super. So that's just me. Okay, Super Mario Maker Two. No. No, I I I was. If I was, it was Super Mario Maker One, do you probably, think it would make the list? Yeah, okay. Mario Maker Two for whatever reason just did not have any staying power to me, which is weird because I was looking forward to it quite I, a bit. I, I just, played it enough to talk about it on Game honestly, Face. Honestly, honestly, that was if you hadn't mentioned it there, I don't think I ever would have remembered, remembered it, it. Even came out. I did some work on this to try to dig up the best other games from this year. Uh, next up, The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening remake. No. No? No. I mean, I know that's there to kind of, like, highlight the Resident Evil 2 thing to some degree, but no. Okay. It, w- it wasn't nearly as extensive a, re- a remake pro- procedure. It wasn't, you know, re- Resident Evil 2 felt like a different game a lot of times. Uh, Link's Awakening was pretty much a straight redo, and uh, I was never that huge a fan of Link's Awakening to begin with. So Okay. Good game, not great. Um, Astral Chain. No. I didn't like that very much. You didn't? No. Interesting. I kind of I bounced off the combat in that game. Oh, I loved the combat. I, I, never I went, didn't like anything else, though. <laughs> I never went back to it after we talked about it. Oh, okay. I did. I, I enjoyed that game a good bit. Um, and then I saved this one for last because I think it, you'll say yes. Disco Elysium. Absolutely. Yep. Disco Elysium gets screwed on this one because nobody because pl- none of the editors no one's played play it. it. Yeah. It's, it's it was nominated for Best RPG. Yeah, well, Sure. But it should be nominated for Game of the Year over almost everyone on that list. Yep. And then my uh, personal pet pick, Luigi's Mansion 3. I am a little shocked it's not on there. Like, I know I, I wouldn't nominate it for Game of the Year, but it feels like the kind of Game of the Year also ran bait that like would be nominated by modern press editor-in-chiefs. Like, just feels like there's that soft spot for Nintendo. But maybe there's no soft spot for Luigi. Smash, apparently, is where the soft spot is. Well, I mean, Smash is huge, so you got to give it the nod. And also, I think Smash, Smash is sort of your plausible deniability for years to come of, like, see, we don't forget the games that don't make the, the cut at, in December or yeah. whatever. Are you surprised with the year that Switch had that there's only one Switch game out of the six? Um, I mean, I thought Fire Emblem was really good. It surprised me there wasn't a little more love for that. But, I mean, if you got to pick one, you got to p- probably pick Smash Brothers just in terms of visibility. 
Um, I mean, it also scored the highest. Scored, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, Nintendo like had a lot of like solid picks, but not like out of this world stuff. No Mario or Zelda. Yeah, that's really the difference. And uh, maybe next year Animal Crossing. I mean, Luigi. I, I don't. Is there a best animation or best graphics? Is just yeah. Best there's graphics. yeah. Because Luigi should be in there. I mean, I think it got nominated for a couple things, just yeah. not Game of the Year. Yeah. So there you go. That's the Game Awards 2019 I mean, I super, nominees. I don't super argue with any of the six Game of the Year. Yeah, picks. I think you can you can make a case for the six that are there. I don't think there's any egregious error in their nominees. I no. think they mostly make sense. I mean, there's a few that's, that aren't in there that I would be like, oh, it would be nice to see, like, Plague Tale or... Um, it, it actually was nominated for Best Narrative, Best right? Story. All right. that, yeah. that's, that's, or uh, Greedfall, which I think is an RPG. I didn't see Greedfall anywhere. No? No. That's a shame. Greedfall was better than it deserved to I be. I mean, it's probably better than Outer Worlds. I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh. Um, Outer Worlds had a little more interesting... Thing, place to explore, I would say. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Although, Gre- Greed, I mean, Greedfall is also, I like Greedfall in part because it's the best Bioware game <laughs> that since a Bioware game. Dragon Age. It's not, that's right, since Mass Effect 3, yeah. frankly. I mean, Bioware just doesn't make them anymore. Yeah, if they even really exist anymore. So anyway, there you go. The nominees for the Game Awards, they happen December 12th. Is that Thursday? Thursday, yeah. yeah it's thir- always on a Thursday. Yeah, th- Thursday, December so 12th. So everyone can party on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and I don't think it's on television this year. I think it's still just streaming. And, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised Jeff hasn't got this on TV yet. I thought this might be the year. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the presentation's there. Yeah, it's just, I think it's a hard, I think Game Awards are a hard sell. Everyone. Gee, I wonder why. Everyone remembers Spike <laughs> TV. <laughs> or G4ia. Or G4ia. VGAs and G4ia were not good harbingers for uh, video game award shows. But if you like the Black Eyed Peas... <laughs> Euphoria 2006 with a damn festival in there. Oh, there was another band there, too, that did that song called Honest Mistake. They're like an indie band. What the hell was their name? I, I know what you're, I know what you're talking about. It was, like, it was Black Eyed Peas and them. And the indie band, and yeah. I can't remember who they were. And they, they disappeared after that. They made one good album, and we've never seen them again. Yeah, so that was our fault. That Well, it might have <laughs> we, been. We, we ruined, it might have we ruined, ruined their, their career. career. <laughs> but William Shatner showed up to that party, so that was worth it. That's true. Yeah. He was, like, hanging out, like, yeah, the whole time. I saw yeah. him just, like, milling around, like, all day long. He was yeah. just there. Pretty the cool. bravery. That was the it. The bravery. Yep. Thank you, Mega Drive guy. Yeah, good job. Well, they, they can Google stuff, but their first album was pretty good, The Bravery. Yeah. And then after that, they, they did put out one other album, and it was abysmal. So hmm. are you looking forward to this kind of stuff? The can't all be the national. The performances. And, oh, God, no. Yeah. No, please. I don't know. I mean, what, they're uh, typically the better parts of the show. No, the, the parts of the show I want to see are the trailers. And occasionally the... Uh, the heart, heartfelt developer accepted speeches. Um, but no, the, the performances are com- – no. Well, some of never, them are. It depends. No. The, the ones where they just get, like, Joe Band to show right. up and play, they suck. I mean, but, if you want to play, like, I guess, orchestral versions of the game themes and stuff, yeah, that's Yeah, like fine. the thing they did with Red Dead I thought was awesome. Not, yeah, but I'm th- what I'm thinking about is, like, when they just have Imagine Dragons come oh, yeah, and play just for because no apparent reason. Because, they're like, because oh, Jeff wants to hang out with Imagine Dragons after or the Or because they have, like, a million followers on Twitter right. that he they can tweet to and people might tune in. Like, But, like, the real – I mean, the only thing I'm really like, – like, you know – if you even want to say looking forward to, it's like, oh, I'm going to see the world, the world premieres. Yeah. So I like, think that's what most people look for. For God's to sake, show me some Metroid. I don't care <laughs> whether it's Prime 4 or the Metroid Trilogy Collection or whatever the hell. Just show me some goddamn Samus Aran. I think we might. What else is Anything. Nintendo going to give Jeff for this? I mean, they always hook him up with something. Well, you got Animal Crossing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 
They already gave us enough of that, man. Man, I would pay money to – actually, I would pay money to have Reggie come back to present that. <laughs> and when Jeff complains, say, what? We gave you Animal Crossing. Yeah. <laughs> Again. <laughs> that would be good, but I doubt that. That was one of my favorite Jeff Reggie moments. I think Reggie's going to leave the uh, gaming industry in his rearview you mirror. You don't think Reggie would come back for a cameo for, for Jeff? Mm. I bet, he, I bet he might. Maybe. If Jeff wanted him to, I bet he would. If they paid him, maybe. Yeah, I bet, if, if they paid for his travel and lodging, maybe. But like, Yeah. It would be fun. It would be fun to see Reggie again. Yep. All right, we got to move on. You can't spend all winter at Cornell. Nope, that's true. We're running out of Although time. it is a school night. Yeah. We're going to talk next about another remake. This has also been kind of like the remake episode. We're going to talk about Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. Uh, reports came out this week that it is absolutely being remade, and it will be released next year. Uh, so it looks like this time next year we might be talking about the Re- the Resident Evil 3 remake mm-hmm. and whether it should be well, I mean, a this game of the year contender. They've been talking about this since pretty much the day Resident Evil 2 came out. Well, the problem is is that they talked about it, then they denied it, and then they talked about it mm-hmm. again. They said maybe if it's popular, if there's demand. And now they're basically committing, yes, it's going to happen. Uh, there was never really any doubt. Yeah, for, for me either. There was never really any doubt. Uh, how do you feel about Resident Evil 3 versus Resident Evil 2? Oh, Resident Evil 2 is the best game in the series until 4. Yeah. Um, yep. I realize it's only four games, but like <laughs> Resident Evil 2 is like probably, other than 4, the one I have the best yeah. opinion of, whereas Resident Evil 3 was fine. I like, liked the idea behind it. That yeah. you, it, it took the Mr. X stuff from RE2 and put it into the whole game. Mm-hmm. So you constantly have Nemesis hunting you down, I mean, tracking Re- you down. Resident Evil 2 definitely had its rough edges as well, and the remake smoothed a lot of that out. So if they give the Resident Evil 3 the same treatment, it could turn out to be really great. So I'm very in favor of it. But you're saying you're you're saying that the base project that they have to work from is not as strong. I don't think it's as good as 2, no. I think most people would consider 2 to be the best of the PS1. Oh, yeah. It's, it's pretty much unanimous that RE2 is the best. Uh, but do you, do you think that based upon the work that they did do on 2, if they put that equivalent amount of work into the, the RE3 remake, do you think it could be better than the original? The original 3? Yeah. Yeah, no question. Yeah. The, 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 bo- the bones are there. The skeleton for something really good is there. Uh, a lot of the problems were just execution, and a lot of the problems were just that pre-rendered backgrounds suck, and and yep. having to deal with all that the weird camera stuff and the awkward controls sucked. And like, you know, you give it the same treatment as Resident Evil Two, you at least got my attention. Yeah, uh, Resident Evil Three. I remember playing this for review back when it came out, and stars. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and it does add, like, a lot of tension to the game, the fact Mm -hmm. that he's chasing you. But after a while, it does start to get annoying. Yeah. Also, that is not the outfit you pick if you need to escape from a (laughs) zombie-infested town. I'm just saying. She comes home, changes out of her uniform into, like, a club wear and decides to, like, run around town all night in a a halter top and a miniskirt. No. Also notice that cinematic while she's running. It just pans directly oh, in onto her boobs. And then, like, when she falls <laughs> over, it's just like, oh, the camera's going to point her up skirt. her skirt for no good reason. <laughs> Maybe a little less of that in yeah. the remake would be I, good. I have a chance. I have a feeling that'll definitely be dialed back for the remake. Yeah, like, I'm sure that Star's uniform is pretty gross by the end of Resident yeah. Evil 2 or yeah. Resident Evil 1. But um, keep it on. Keep, yeah. keep the long sleeves. We, like, we talk all the time on the show about games, how games need peaks and valleys, that they need moments of extreme action, 
they need more quiet moments because <laughs> each one of them helps appreciate the other. Res- because of what I was saying about Resident Evil 3, about how you're being chased the whole game. You're even carrying your extra magazines in that outfit. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> Up the skirt, apparently. Um, because of, of that, like, maybe... Oh, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying? I was saying... Peaks and valleys, yeah. So because of great job, Jared. Thank you. Because <laughs> because Re- Resident Evil Three, you're just constantly being chased. There are no valleys. It's just right. like one peak that stays there. So I think the opportunity for this game, if they are going to improve it, I think they they might want to change a little bit about it and maybe even create some new sections of the game instead of just making it like a one to one like yeah, replication. I, th- I think that would be wise. And I, it's also in line with how they handled two. So I think that's a very reasonable request and expectation for this. Um, and I think they handled how, you know, the, the X chasing you in the remake very well. No. Oh, yeah. Um, it was so great. I think, I think their instincts are in the right place on this. Yeah. Um, we don't really have any hard information on it, platforms, release date, or anything like that, just next year. Uh, I, we can probably assume PC, PS4, Pretty much the or same, Xbox yeah. One. Yeah, maybe same Switch deal. like a year later. Just the same thing with everything. <laughs> PC, PS4, Xbox One, yep. Switch a year later. That's Switch. pretty much how it works. Switch a, a year late and a dollar more. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. So anyway, Resident Evil 3 coming next year, probably to everything. Yeah. Should be should be pretty good. I'll be excited for it. Yeah. Not as excited as I was for RE2, though. No, I mean, RE2 is the best, and it's sort of like the one that you really wanted to revisit. Resident Evil 3 is more like, hey, that's cool if you want yeah. to do that. I mean, really, if you do Resident Evil 3, you hit the point. It's like, well, okay, now do one. Now just do all of them. Like, just just, just redo all three PS1 era. And, of course, Resident Capcom Evils. will be like, we already did a remake. Yeah, but do do the one first that, do one that isn't annoying as fuck this time. Yeah, make it 3D. Make full 3D. Yeah, like get it out of the the weird pre-rendered world. Crap. Yep. I hate pre-rendered stuff. <laughs> I hate. I always hated it. Well, because it was a crutch. Right. It was. It was the best we could do at the time. Right. We don't need and to do no that anymore. There's no reason for it anymore. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree hated 100%. the GameCube remake of yeah. our. Of oh, I liked it. I hated. But it. that was like 20 years ago right. when expectations were a lot different. I mean, back then, there were still tons of games with yeah. pre-rendered backgrounds. I just, well, I just, there weren't that many. Like, it was a, w- a little weird that they were doing it pre-rendered at the time, but it was like they were doing it in super high-res stuff. So like, it looked really good. But it, it's cheating. It's all fake. It's yeah. all fake. Everyone's like, oh, my God, it's the best-looking game. I'm like, it's a painting. I get that. Like, it drove me but crazy. They, they did some cool stuff, though, because couldn't you get, like, blood on the... No! Well, I thought you could. I thought the, blood would... You could get blood on the characters, but it didn't get on the background. I thought it got under the no, walls. that was one of the most annoying things to me, was, like, they die on the floor and there was no blood, nothing. Oh, it didn't impact I thought, anything. I thought there was. I thought they had done There weren't, some some like, specific things, like... like it's been a long time things. since I played it. Like I think it happened like when the dog or when the dog jumped through the wall or like when there were things were but like a random zombie would that would not happen. Huh. Interesting. It's been a long it time one of the since things I that that me. Though, it, it was like the weird sterility of the backgrounds in comparison to sort of the the grittiness of the characters like yeah. just It did allow them to put a bunch of polygons into the character models and make yeah. them look amazing. I mean it, it was it was the trade-off was was visible yeah. for sure. It was a different approach and I guess. things there yeah. I was like like the the what was it the crimson heads like where, yeah, you know, come right away. that's a cool idea yeah, it was uh, except it mixed everything up it would have been cool if I could aim the fucking gun properly but like <laughs> yeah, again but no, the make a proper three D remake and that solves your problem true so you yep. can keep all those mechanics but just you know do it without the stupid pre rendered thing okay all right it's time for our last topic 
of would, episode would 192. Be, would you be up for them like doing a full remake treatment like that to four? Do you think four would benefit at all? I mean, from that? I feel like it's already there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would pretty much agree with that. Yeah, it's been it's been kind of updated through the years. As they we've could improve forward. it, but I don't think the work would be worth it. Ultimately, no. the 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 minuscule improvements you get in different parts of the game would not be worth the overall project. Yeah, probably not. Like, it doesn't need to be reimagined the way right. the PS One games do. Yeah. All right. It's time for us to move on to our last topic of episode. Just keep porting it. One. <laughs> it works. It it it'll be a great game forever. That game will never be a bad game. Last Leon. topic, episode 192. It is almost Thanksgiving, and so it is time for Matt and I to hand out our annual Turkey Awards for 2019. We've done this for the last six years straight. Uh, essentially, what we're doing is we're picking a runner-up and a winner for our turkey awards, and if you love turkey, don't get it wrong. We're not saying th- these are these are dubious awards. These are not. We're not trying to lavish praise upon anything in these awards. These are turkeys, uh, people, games, companies, platforms, whatever that really crap the bed in 2019. So, like I said, we both have a runner-up, and then we have the winner, Matt. What is your first runner-up for the turkey awards for 2019? Shenmue 3. <laughs> and so, as you guys know, usually the way Game Face is stacked is that the big story is always at the mm-hmm. end of the show. Well, you may have been like, wow, they talked about Shenmue 3 first. Well, the reason we did that is because I knew that Matt's pick for Turkey was Shenmue 3, and doing Turkey Awards before that would tip his hand on his opinion for Shenmue. So, believe it or not, people, this show is very strategically <laughs> put together. Uh, so... Do you need to say any more? <laughs> no, just rewind the show back to the beginning if you want to hear why this is. It's just, yeah, it's just a big disappointment. Why was it not number one without saying what your number one because is? Because the idea of making Shenmue isn't stupid on its face. Okay. And I'd say my number one is. Okay. All right. I can deal with that. Um, my my runner-up for the Video Game Turkey Awards for 2019 is E3 2019 and the ESA. Um, Ask me for a miracle, I give you the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, look, we've, we obviously talked about the issues and the quibbles we had with E3 back in June and early July. I don't want to flog a dead horse with the issues with E3. If you guys are wondering what I'm talking about with the ESA... It was just another element that made E3 crappy, which was that they leaked all of our information. Um, Pactor and they obvi- stole your car, and they stole my car. That's a good point, man. Like <laughs> I didn't even consider that. <laughs> Maybe it should be the winner. Actually, now that I think about it, I did have my car stolen at E3 as well. Uh, so it, at the very least, we got it, it back because car thieves can't drive stick anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but for the Crypt Notes version of why E3 itself was included, we were angry that the ESA didn't do more to get people back or to make Sony come to the show. It, the floor was empty. Uh, there was not the, – the space where the big publishers left was not filled with other publishers or other companies. It just felt like an event that was on the downside of its history instead of on the upswing. And it should absolutely be on the upswing with Generation 9 consoles coming. Um so, yeah, E3, the ESA for giving everybody all my contact information. At least they don't ask for our social security numbers, I guess. But people have everything else, mm-hmm. and it's just floating out in cyberspace now. So Yeah, luckily I was there with a big outlet, so I think 
I don't think any of my information was was in there because they were just registered as one big company. Yeah. But all the individuals, all the freelancers, all those people got screwed. Yep. And hard. I, I don't care what Pactor says about it. He's wrong. No, he, that was it's <laughs> really one of the dumbest takes of the year on that one. It's just like, yeah, I know it didn't affect you. It didn't affect me either, but that doesn't make it not a thing. Like, I know multiple people who had to, like, go through all the changing their address again because – their stalkers found out where they live, or like the harassment started again. Or did like, you see the discussion between he and I on Pactor Factor? Nah, I went. I walked away from the computer when no, that's right. You uh, mentioned uh, that during last the credits. Week. Yeah, and I, well, I didn't. I heard you talking, but I was like, oh, is he talk- he's talking a lot because usually it's just like a weird little like one liner or something. Yeah, at the yeah. End. I didn't. I didn't realize it was a whole conversation. Well, it was me expressing my displeasure with his excuse for why he said the things he said. I just told him I thought he was wrong, and nothing he said was going. It was a. My it mind. was a. I did. I mean, in the. You talked to him a little bit about for before when he gave the answer, yeah, yeah. and it was a very, a very choicely put OK Boomer. Yeah. <laughs> Some people on YouTube thought that that was all set up. It was not. It just lit- it literally that happened like two days after I ever heard of OK Boomer, and it was just the perfect moment to use it. And it w- it's exactly what it's for. <laughs> there it was. <laughs> Absolutely. So my picks, E3 2019 and the ESA and all the mess that came with it. All right. It's time for our winners or losers, depending on how you look at it, for our Turkey Awards. Matt, who, what wins your Turkey Award for 2019? Uh, it would be Google Stadia. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling this would be I, on a lot of people's uh, list. I have I have not actually played it, but um, I've seen it, and I've... Uh, I just, <laughs> again, like, like I said, Shenmue 3, I see the reason you do it. Like it, it's like I mean, people lost their shit when when they announced that Google Stadia. Like I understand the application that like a lot of my friends who work in in the industry like think it's a it's a it's a basically a Trojan horse to get into the Indian and uh, Chinese game markets, which makes sense there. But in terms of trying to make it into a big launch in the West in North America, which it wasn't even. It was like the softest launch around because <laughs> yep. then you had people from the they company, wanted it that way. People from the company offering to hand deliver the founders thing, founders packages to people in the Bay Area because they weren't going to ship them out in time. Yeah, um, just bad. Like there's, it's not really, not, you know, even the reviews that are like, oh, the text really impressive. Do not buy this. Yeah, like, I think I think it's honestly even worse than you think it is. I, <laughs> I do. I, I think I it. do have a friend who works, you know, very directly in kind of the biz dev world, and I mentioned Stadia stuff to him, and he said, Google Stadia is dumber than you even think it is, and that's all I can say about it. Well, I think so, the launch has been worse than a lot of people. No. Yeah, but apparently the behind the scenes stuff is even worse than we would imagine. Wow. So. Again, no, maybe, maybe, no 4K, I should, maybe I should add this to Shenmue 3 and, and uh, Star Citizen as my most wanted Jason Schreier deep dives because uh, it sounds like some, some real stuff happened here. Well, you have to realize that they're charging for 4K 60. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, next year it's free. 1080p 60 free next year. So what you're going to pay for is 4K. What you're going to pay for is games you don't own. And games that you don't own. But... What your people who have it now, who have spent the hundred and thirty dollars, mm. that's what they're paying for, though. Like, 
The whole thing is insane. And it doesn't run as I mean, it does. The, so the there's Red Dead no Redemption 4K 2 60. Yeah. There's no such thing at launch. And RDR2 doesn't even look as good as it does on the Xbox One X. Because it's not the 4K version of it. They have used the 1080p versions of games and upscaled them to 4K. So what these people pluck down their $130 for, they're not even getting. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't mean it's going to fail, but they botched their launch pretty bad. There's no reason this should have come out before it was done. There's no reason. What good does it do to get the those units out in November? I don't know. All no. I can all I can think is there must have been contracts to fulfill somehow. Maybe. Maybe some of the games had to come out on Stadia before the end of 20. I don't know. But you're right on the money for your Turkey Award. Absolutely. All right. It's time for me to pick my winner or loser for the Turkey Awards for 2019. And this might surprise some people, but my pick is PlayStation. Just PlayStation. I feel like PlayStation has had a horrible year on a number of different fronts. The most important to me... A great many things. (laughs) The most important to me among those fronts is the games and the lack thereof. I mean, look, we've seen it from Sony the last couple generations. It gets towards the end and things start disappearing. They start shoveling stuff towards the next console. I feel like this was the worst example of it from the last couple generations from Sony. Several big games from this year pushed into next year, conceivably to help bolster PlayStation 5. Instead, all we get is Days Gone and Death Stranding. Death Stranding had the potential, I feel like, to kind of save the year. It didn't for me. So on the software front, this to me, this was one of the worst years for first-party PlayStation software in a long, long time. I have a hard time disagreeing with that. Yep. Uh, and then you start I'm trying to think of other things, and it that's all there was. And some yeah. VR stuff, some VR PlayStation stuff, VR stuff. and a couple, maybe a couple smaller. Yeah, like yeah. Concrete Genie. Concrete Genie. Yep. It was a terrible year for software from PlayStation. Next up, no events. It's like PlayStation didn't exist in 2019. They didn't show up at E3. They they haven't been at anything. They were where they were Gamescom. They had a booth. Gamescom. They did like a, you know every once in a while, Death, Death Stranding would rear its head in some kind of release. Yeah, they've been a non-entity. They bailed on the industry in 2019. They basically just said, you know what? We're good. We got a lead that nobody can yeah. overtake. I mean, they did the... We're going to put it on autopilot. Is it? What is it? The state of play? They did, they did some of those. Yeah, their, their version of the Nintendo Direct yeah. or whatever. They did two... I think three. Three this year? Yeah. Because there was the one better one and the one better one, and then the third one was eh, pretty good. Yeah. They're the industry leader, and you'd never know it by looking at 2019 in any way, shape, or form. Whether you talk about game output, whether you talk about messaging to consumers, uh, whether you talk about events that you have for consumers, they've dropped the ball on all of them. And then the final icing on the cake for me is something I think a lot of people forgot, and that is the value of PlayStation Plus. People, it's so funny how we have been conditioned to spend 50 or 60 bucks a year to just play games online. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because at first online was free and then Xbox Live came along and we were like, oh, we got to pay. We usually don't have to pay for this. Oh, but it has all this cool stuff. And and so, okay, if it'll organize me and my friends, it'll make it easy to communicate with them. 
I, I'll spend the money. It, it makes sense to me. And then, of course, with the free games with Xbox Live and blah, 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 it adds extra value. When you start looking at PlayStation Network now, it I would argue it's still not up to snuff with Xbox Live as far as like party chat and a no. lot of the more peripheral features that you get with Xbox and Live. And just stability. And just stability, download speed, pretty much any metric that I can measure both of those services on, I feel like Xbox Live wins. Mm-hmm. And now it's winning even more because Sony decided to take away the Vita and PlayStation 3 games from PlayStation Plus and not replace them with anything. And I think the first month, Sony did a pretty good job of having a couple big games loaded up to try to soften the blow. Now that we're into it, though, we're getting basically the same games that we got for PlayStation Plus before, except we're just not getting two or three more games. In some cases, like four or five more games you would get between PS3 and Vita in a given month. So the value, and they raised the price of PlayStation Plus. So they take all this stuff away and then raise the price. So adding all this stuff up across 2019... PlayStation is my turkey award winner for the year. You think people are going to have a problem with that? Uh, I mean, I think people were maybe expecting Blizzard to get tagged because they certainly uh, had their number of unforced errors. But uh, here's the thing: like Sony, like Sony's behavior this gener- this year was frustrating. But the thing about it, maybe, man, maybe this just makes it more frustrating. Is not going to matter. Oh, it as, won't. Yeah, you know, it's as soon as they, as soon as they put out last of us 2 all will be forgiven yeah like that's it i mean it's not just them that happens in general yeah. nintendo's very much like that that was like that i mean it's not like bethesda had a banner year in terms of output yep um but it you know sony's the one who just decided to stop talking to us so yeah it was and act like weird. we didn't exist uh by the way we are now ne- we do a sifted countdown every month they're like what are you gonna do like not buy Ghost of Tsushima. Right. I'm like, yeah. Or not buy the PlayStation 5. I, I suppose. That doesn't mean we can't take them to task no. when they screw up, though. No. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I mean, here. I think what, what Blizzard did was dumber, but like. It was like. Sony did it all year. <laughs> I consider. Right. I considered Blizzard. And I'm like, it was one big mistake. Mm-hmm. But I look at what PlayStation has done throughout this year, and it also kind of started Q4 of last year, too. Let's not forget. Yeah. Last Christmas was bereft of anything for PlayStation. So it's actually been going on now for like 15, 16 months, not mm-hmm. just the last year. Yeah, really the last major PlayStation release was Spider-Man. Yep. I mean, honestly, it was. So at least one that people would consider buying a mm-hmm. console for, yeah. for sure. So like No one's buying a console for uh, De- uh, Days Gone. Nope. And obviously and, they're and not it, buying it for Death Stranding. they're not buying for Death Stranding considering how many Best Buy's trying to get rid of right Yeah, now. because now you can buy the Death Stranding PS4 Pro for 300 bucks. Yep. So, yeah, people aren't buying hardware for that game, obviously. So, and look, next year, PlayStation could turn it all around. It could absolutely do everything the opposite of what it did this year. It's going to mm-hmm. have a new console. I highly doubt that it will be... Uh, even a nominee in my turkey awards yeah. for probably the next five or six years. Really? But PlayStation really just dropped the ball on the end of this generation, in my opinion. Yeah. Although the turkey stuff, the turkey awards probably had it was a more crowded nomination field than the game of the year was. Yeah. Oh, it, well, so here's the thing. We're doing a uh, sifted countdown. Fallout first. We're going to do the top ten gaming turkeys for 2019. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say that any of the things we've talked about right here, except for my winner, it'll definitely be in the list. But... We're going to count down the 10 kind of biggest turkeys, and that should be going up tomorrow evening 
on uh, Sifted and on our Patreon. And then it'll be on YouTube probably on Thanksgiving or the day after Thanksgiving. So Mm -hmm. if you watch this show uh, on YouTube, it should be up on our channel at the time you watch this. Thanks for subscribing, Dave Jaffe. The Jaffe stream. Is that actually Jaffe? I think it is. Is it? What's up, Jaffe? Haven't seen you for a while, brother. What have you been up to? (laughs) Hope you're doing good, man. Is that really you, Jaffe? I can't remember what his Twitch name is. I think it it is the Jaffe I think it is, yeah, because I I go to his streams, like, pretty regularly. Ah, there you go. What's up, David? (laughs) (laughs) Hope you're doing well, man. Hope you have a good Thanksgiving and everything. So, anyway, it's time for our trailer of the week. It was a terrible week of trailers. I mean... Terrible. I mean, other than Half-Life, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we obviously you, you, we needed to run yeah, that to talk about it. Couldn't hold that. Yeah, I actually wish I wish Jaffe had been around for the last, like, 30 minutes when we were talking about all this PlayStation stuff. Because, I assume that was what summoned him. Because he could have just <laughs> said it straight right there in the chat, man. I wish you were around. You missed it, but you have to watch the archive. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's a terrible week for trailers. Uh, the only good one was Half-Life, and we used that in the show when we talked about Half-Life Alex. Uh, so the trailer of the week this week, I will admit it's weak. It's for the first uh, story-based DLC for Borderlands 3. Uh, it's called Borderlands 3 Maxi's Heist of the Handsome Jackpot. Clever play on mm. words there um, by 2K. Um, as you know, while we're running the trailer of the week, it's your chance to get your questions into chat. Go at Sifted Games when you ask a question. That way we can find them easily when we go to answer the questions. Uh, also, is now a great time, as Jaffe just did. He subscribed via Twitch Prime as well. That's freaking awesome. Thanks, David. Uh, now's a great time to subscribe via Twitch Prime uh, because we can see them. And when we come back from the trailer of the week, I can thank all you guys personally, which I care about a lot. So if you do that, that would be great. Until then, here's our trailer of the week. Hey, sugar, I've got a little proposition for you, if you're feeling lucky. I'm talking loot, but not just any loot. Handsome Jack's Casino. This heist, it's personal. He stole my designs to build this place. Taking it back is scratching him out of my books forever. Stay sharp, sugar. So, you're going to jump back into Borderlands 3 with the first story DLC? I don't even have it installed. (laughs) You uninstalled it? I had to do a lot of uninstalling over the last, like, two weeks. Because I hadn't done any of it pretty much the entire year, and all these games started coming out. And then Modern Warfare is already, like, 110 gigs or something ridiculous. They've had two 12-gig patches in a week for Modern Warfare. That's a lot. And it still doesn't fix, like, a lot of the problems people have with it. So I don't know what the Did hell they're doing. Did they fix the footstep thing? No. No? Nope. Still that not seems fixed. like just a switch you need to it's, flip. Yeah, just a, a slider. Maybe Jaffe oh. can tell us how hard it is to turn down the footsteps in Call of Duty. Like, it doesn't seem like it would be that tough. But for whatever reason, it wasn't in the new patch. So still, first of all, the audio in that game is so loud. So my receiver... Starts at 80, and as you turn it up, it goes down. So when you get to zero, it's as loud as possible. Mm-hmm. When I watch TV on my receiver or play any other game, my receiver is always between, like, 25 and 35. And that's loud. Like, that's... Yeah, that's about you're, where I play You're it experiencing too. it. 
I cannot play Modern Warfare on anything lower than 65 out of 80. Wow. It literally will explode my apartment. I don't know what they did to the game. It's like they just turned up the audio level. And like you said, the footstep sound effects, like while you're playing, they're so loud. Like you can hear somebody like 80 yards away walking. You're like, where the hell is that? There's nobody here. Hmm. Like they need to fix it, but they haven't yet. All right, let's get to some questions. Um, Erebus Jones, thank you. 17 months of Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Freeze frame rate, 16 months. Thank you very much. Any other guys want to do it right now, we can thank you. As we said, the Jaffe, David Jaffe, thank you for subscribing via Twitch Prime. You rock. Let's get to some questions. Commander Fett 03, what are some of your holiday drinks and beers? Um... I guess I'm I'm really more of a mulled apple cider person. I don't drink a whole lot of alcohol these days. I don't either. I I hardly ever drink anymore. Like it's crazy. Like I drink once every like three or four months, maybe. Mm-hmm. I haven't had anything to drink. I think since uh, August. Yeah, I just don't. I don't like how I feel the next day anymore. It's not worth it anymore. Yeah, I mean, part of it's just like I've never been a huge fan of alcohol in general uh, in terms of drinking. Well, I have, and like. <laughs> So I, drink, I definitely I, have. I drink to get drunk. Yeah, so do I. Like, yeah. I don't drink alcohol because I like the taste of it. Right. I, I, I drink to get drunk and have yeah. fun. Like, yeah, that's what but I, I just don't, like, I don't know. Like you say, the next morning is harder and harder to, to power through at our age. It's not worth it anymore. And, uh, yeah, and also it's like I feel like I don't need it. Yeah. That's I mean, when I was younger, I'd, you know, I'd want to go out and pick up girls or hang with the boys or whatever. Like, all my boys have, like, three kids. Like, <laughs> Just life changes, and, like, you don't have really the opportunity to do stuff like that. I don't really have people to even drink with if I wanted to because nobody yeah. drinks. They all have families and wives and houses and all this other boring crap. That's just the way life is. But I'll say this. Like, I am I am definitely drinking on Thanksgiving. Uh, my buddy is having his big Thanksgiving right. soiree, and uh, I'm just going to drink vodka and Red Bull like I, I do every other hmm. time I drink. That's all I drink. I'll drink beers here and there, but if I'm going to drink to get drunk, I drink vodka and Red Bull. It's the drink of champions. It doesn't work on me because if I the the vodka and Red Bull seems to cancel itself out to me. I don't get more and more drunk. I get even. Like it keeps me. That's why I like even. it. That's why I like it though because you you still have the drunkenness, but you have like an edge to you where you're still kind of alert and with it. You're not like this mm. blah, like drunk person. I don't know. Anyway, let's get to another question. Eth Demon. I know Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven traffics well. Uh, but do you think that translates to larger sales? Historically, cyberpunk as a genre has never been mainstream. P.S. It's the game I want the most. I, I, or Eth Demon, I think you, you're not alone on that. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. feel like Cyberpunk 2077 is their most anticipated game. Yeah. And I mean, had, it bears out in the traffic on Sifted. Anecdotal, but I have had enough of my friends who are just super casual gamers, like especially up from, my, from where I grew up, up, up north, um, messaging me about this game. Yeah. Like they know about this game, knew about this game after the Keanu Reeves thing. They knew about it a year or more before it came out. Like, they are aware of it. And the thing, the fact that it, you know, yeah, most people don't know that Cyberpunk was a pen and paper RPG back in the 80s. But the fact that it's called Cyberpunk is helping it because everyone knows what Cyberpunk is as a genre. They they know what the look is. They've they've seen the Matrix. They know what what it is. And the fact that they can look at that and be like, yeah, that's Cyberpunk. And just be like, yeah, that's what I want to play is going to help it immensely. Yeah. The fact that it has such a generic title is actually, for once, going to help. Yeah, because it will help the casuals understand at least a little bit what, yeah, about the game. It says what it does. It does what it says. Yeah. Like, it's all and it has a date in it, so you know it's yeah. like future. Yeah. It, it, uh, 
I will say this, like just because something does a lot of traffic on Sifted, you're right. It does not guarantee right. that it's going to sell well. There are certain games that they're really hardcore. And let's be honest, if you're using Sifted, you're really hardcore. Otherwise, you're getting your crap from Twitter or Facebook. The really hardcore people, they know about Cyberpunk. And, and they know about this game. And they know about every game. So just a blurb that we write for a trailer or something on Sifted, it can motivate you guys to watch the trailer because we know certain key terms that you guys are looking for to help you figure out whether you're interested in a game or not. So mm -hmm. some stuff will do traffic on Sifted because we know you guys and we know what you're looking for, but may not actually hit with the mainstream. But I agree with Matt. This game is absolutely going to. Uh, we haven't even started the marketing campaign for this thing yet. Once that yeah. starts, it's going to kick. Once they say the. Once they start wrapping buses in that eye searing yellow, <laughs> it's definitely. And gonna... once they say from the creators of The Witcher, Witcher 3. 3. I mean, everybody yeah. knows that it's game of the year, unanimous game of the year, the year it came out. So I think this game is going to sell very, very, very well. Um, even, I think, even if it doesn't get like a nine or higher review score, I still think it's going to sell very, very well. So. Good question. Next up from Super Cordon Blue, Matt, how excited would you be at the idea of a Shenmue 3 slash Death Stranding crossover? I admit, like, Rio would probably fit pretty well in that world. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's hi, weird. I'm, like I'm here with your box? There, there are oh. similar threads between the two games, mm. for sure. Um, and that's probably why say, I don't two, like either one of them. Two different takes on tedium as gameplay. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so this was a joke, obviously. Uh, from Vincent, which KS game? Kickstarter. Kickstarter game. Clearly aimed towards fans was worse at launch. Shenmue 3 or Ukulele? Great question. <laughs> I mean, I played Ukulele more willingly. Yeah. Oh, Shenmue's way worse. Way worse. Like, Ukulele felt like a carbon copy of something else, but mm -hmm. it was competent. This yeah. game is not competent. Well, I mean, it is Shenmue is competent. It's just a carbon copy of a worse thing. Uh, I don't think it's competent. I mean, I think it is competent because they're making choices to be that. I'm not 100% sure that's I am, the case. I am absolutely 100% sure. I mean, not like the, the fighting being like mushy and unresponsive. That's not intentional. But, but all the other broken stuff, like the dialogue that just d says the wrong thing and the subtitles that don't match well, the and, don't and match watching it. the cinemas every, like I mean, sort through, trying to figure out which one to play. Yeah, like, but the, the old games do that too. Uh, the subtitle thing, uh, what's it called? Not Wildlands. Breakpoint. Breakpoint still doesn't fix it. No, yeah, it has goofy that subtitles. So that, that can just happen, but what I'm saying is like... No, this game, that Breakpoint has like two. Breakpoint this, is, whole, this whole game, none of the dialogue matches the subtitles. None I, of it. Well, like, if you go word for word, I did not see a single line that was word for word for word, for word accurate in the subtitles. I don't... I've seen... Mo mo it's 90% accurate from what I've been playing. I, I haven't seen that much... I mean, I've seen a lot of disconnect. I've seen a lot of typos. Like just random D's or in missing words. words. Um, it, it's just—I mean—that's a real minor thing. What I'm saying is, uh, they're both replicating this old game, and they're replicating it pretty exactly. The difference with Ukulele is that Ukulele replicates the old banjo game with almost no enhancement and no embellishment, whereas the things that really turned me off on Shenmue Three are the things they changed. Right. Okay. So Ukulele succeeds a little more. Literally by being less creative. Um, SJD Swanland. I always thought Knives Out looked bad in the trailers, but now seeing 
that has a really good Rotten Tomato score. I want to see it. Can you remember a movie or a game that had horrible trailers that you decided to give a shot based on review scores? No. <laughs> uh, Blair Witch I mean, Project. I mean, there's there's movies I've seen anyway, even though I thought the trailers looked bad and thought they were really good. That happens pretty regularly because a lot of trailers are bad. As a matter of fact, I would say the the movies that most consistently that happens with me is Pixar. Mm. I think Pixar movies have terrible trailers, and every time, a lot of times when I see Pixar trailers, they just do nothing for me, and I end up skipping them in the theater, and then I see them on home video or, or on a like cable or, or on demand or Netflix or whatever, and I'm like, man, I wish I'd seen that in the theater because I really liked it, except the trailer made me think it was going to be bad. And I should know not to trust them by now, but I still get fooled sometimes. Yeah. Also, any Sony movie I liked had a bad trailer because all Sony trailers are bad. <laughs> I think a lot of people would probably say Get Out is a movie that falls into that category. Like I don't it was one of the those... trailers for Get Out. Nobody does because nobody knew that the movie even really existed until the reviews started coming mm-hmm. out, and people were like, "What? What's this movie? Like it's getting like perfect scores." And that was a movie for me that like the reviews kind of I didn't know about it, and I'm a horror guy. And I didn't know about it, and then the reviews started coming out, and I, then I started investigating. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Knives Out is actually kind of similar to Get Out. I guess. It's got that same kind of style to it. A little bit. I mean, it's more of a whodunit yeah. sort of thing. I mean, I'll see it because Ryan Johnson. I think Ryan yeah. Johnson is one of the best filmmakers of his generation. Yep. Um, if you haven't seen Brick, go take a look at Brick. Brick is great. Um, I don't know when I'll get to Knives Out because it's a busy time, but uh, I'll get around to it. Okay. I haven't actually seen the trailers for Knives Out. So. Oh, hey, so David Jaffe replied to our question about adjusting the music. This is great. Um, in most games, characters and individual sounds have emitters that you can set parameters on. The only thing I can think of, and this is just spitballing, is that the footsteps are tied into a pack of other emitters, and if they turn down the pack, it'll turn down a lot of other things that would hurt the game more. Maybe they have to expect or expect extract the footstep emitter and put it on a unique slider but that's just guessing it is very strange thank you very mm. much david jaffe i wish you were in here every ep- we have questions like this every episode <laughs> where we're like we think we know what we're talking about but we don't know a thousand percent so if you want to come back every tuesday at 1 p.m we would love to have you david thank you for uh, taking the time to comment um han low blow Modern Warfare is super blown out on speakers. It seems like it's made for headsets because it's not as intense. So somebody else is having problems with the audio in Modern mm-hmm. Warfare, not just I mean, me. I thought the audio on Modern Warfare was actually really good on my system. It's good. It's, good. it's just really loud. It is very loud. It's it crazy how loud I, I figured that was intentional. The footsteps, though, are clearly not intentional. Oh, yeah, and it's a problem. It's a, it's a mistake they need to fix. Uh, Joaquin Dragoon, are you surprised that Kingdom Hearts 3 wasn't considered for anything? Nope. No. No. <laughs> no, we're not. Not at all. I mean, thinking about the game now, is there anything that it could be nominated for? I mean, maybe Presentation, graphics. yeah. Like graphics Graphically, it's pretty impressive. They did some really good... There are moments where it's not, but... Yeah, but they replicated, like, the Disney World. I mean, the yeah. Tangled World has just nailed it. I'm surprised there isn't, like, a Best Licensed Interpretation Award. <laughs> Seriously, though. Point, yeah. Because usually those awards are tossed in there for Keeley to get but sponsors. E- but even then, you'd still lose to Death Stranding's mount- monster c- cans, so... <laughs> nice. Uh, not Cirque. My coworker's son, who is eight, is interested in getting a console. He already has a Switch. I recommended a PS4. Would you recommend that as well? Yes. 
I guess. It's a, I mean, you'd want to look at the title. I mean, most of the titles I would recommend to someone on PS4 are not suitable for an eight-year-old. Oh, that's so true. That's a good point. I would have the. I would have his dad look very, very carefully at the at the list at the roster. That's basically. a really good point. I mean, generally, when people ask me what console they should buy, I, and I've been doing this for like twenty years, I always say just look at the exclusive games for each one and pick the one you like the best. And it's never been more true than now because mm-hmm. really. Except for Switch, everything comes out on everything now. So, and it's only going to get crazier with Stadia and all these streaming services coming. Like, I don't know. I guess maybe the better question is, should he buy a PS4 at all right now? It's a good question. I mean, I mean, maybe the better question is like, I mean, if you're going to buy one, it's this week. Yeah, what is dirt when, cheap? When it's cheap. Yeah. But uh, if you if you, I mean, you're just twelve months away from PS5. I mean, Dad might want to consider like, let's wait till PS5, mm-hmm. or get a cheap PS4 later next right. year, and then keep Junior occupied with that while he plays the. PS5. That's true. That's that's a good point as well. Uh, we'll take a couple more. Not Cirque, thank you for subscribing with Twitch Prime. Rosencrans, have you been using the Xbox Elite Controller Series Two? I have not. I feel terrible about it. Part of it is that I don't have a game to play on Xbox right now. I've been playing. PS4 for pretty much everything. The other part is I want to like do an unboxing like review of it, and maybe next week I'll publish that. So I have not had a chance to try it yet. Um, and also, obviously, I'll share my impressions of it and have to find like a, sh- a place of Battlefield or something to really give it kind of a, a workout. Um, here's another comment from Jaffe. Uh, it may also have something to do with what tuning is done at a local level versus at the server level. I'm sure there's a reason that you'll go, oh, crap, right, when you hear it, but hard to guess. Sucks, though. Thanks again, man. Eric Scott, thank you for subscribing via Twitch Prime. Uh, Xlord Xerxes, what are your opinions on HBO Watchmen? I have not watched it yet. Neither have I. I've heard it's good, though. I've heard good things about it. I've heard some people say that they've been disturbed by it. But they didn't provide. Disturbed by it. Yeah, they said that there was stuff in it that bothered them. I don't mm. know what that was. I, mean, I didn't it's ask. Watchmen. For... There should be. There should be. I mean, um, that's that's the IP. But yeah. uh, apparently, the mo- the last episode was a game changer. Was it? So episode six. I have them all recorded on DVR, so I'm definitely gonna watch it. I just haven't really had time. Like, yeah. also, I did I watch kinda, I mean, Valley. the positive response will probably get me in there. I originally had no interest because a Watchmen doesn't need a sequel, and b Damon Lindelof. But um, apparently it's good, so I'll give it a shot at some I'm gonna point. I'm going to watch I mean, it. I got a bunch of stuff on the burner. I mean, I haven't even watched the third episode of The Mandalorian yet. Oh. So. You busy guy. Joaquin Dragoon, thank you for the bits. Hallelujah. Look at all the bits. <laughs> They're awesome. Thank you. That's great. Uh, let's see if we have any more questions. Erebus Jones, if power and cost are the same, how does Sony convince my casual brother the PS5 is a machine to buy without a like-for-like Game Pass service? The games. Yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, it's God the software. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the games. It's the stuff you can only play on PlayStation. And look, your your brother who's casual may not care for Sony. Maybe he likes Halo and Gears of War more than stuff like The Last of Us or God of War. Um, I don't know. I don't know him. But that might be the case. And in that case, maybe Xbox is best. For- Again, like I said, when you're trying to figure out what console you want, look at the exclusive games and mm-hmm. make your choice that way. So if your brother likes Halo, Gears, whatever... He needs to get an Xbox. If he likes all Sony's first-party stuff, he should get a PS5. Um, one super master gamer. So what does the next Metroid need to do to impress you guys and gaming critics in general? 
to impress me, it just needs to be a good game. Yeah. That's it. It uh, needs to be a good game and needs to give me an option to not use Waggle. Yeah. I would like to not have to be using You should not controls. be forced to use Waggle. Um, but other than that, being developed by Retro Studios is generally good enough for me. Or at least it was in the distant <laughs> it, past it was, when yeah. they made games. I mean, their, so. their last couple games, even though they've been like reworks, they still were really quality products. Mm-hmm. So at least we know the programmers and the QA and all that stuff is still up to scratch. We'll see creatively if they still have that spark. But generally, if it's a Metroid Prime game made by Retro Studios, I'm going to be impressed. That's just kind of the way it is. Mm. Uh, Dinky Do 15 hey, Matt, I always enjoy you talking about movies. I'd love to hear your opinion about Joker and the new Star Wars movie in December. Um, well, first, if you're asking me about Joker, you probably don't want to hear my opinion about Joker because I thought it was terrible. Yeah, he didn't like it. Um, second, this new Star Wars movie, um, obviously I have... How's my... it tracking, Matt? It's tracking. Is it? Uh, I don't yeah. mean like financially. I mean, is it going to be good? Oh, who knows? Um, nobody knows really much about it. There's a bunch of leaks about it. They're questionable, but like, who knows? Uh, a real script almost got sold on eBay. Of I it. saw that. One, one of the actors who they will not name left it, left or... it in a hotel room. Yeah, uh, but they got it. What back. a mistake! Uh, I I think it was the guy who played Hux. <laughs> I, I have absolutely no evidence or reason to believe that, but I just like to think it was him. Yeah. Um. Uh, I I gotta admit I'm worried. I mean, it's not a secret. I like Force Awakens. I love The Last Jedi. Um, I really liked Rogue One, and I hated Solo. Um, so the Disney era is going pretty well for me. But I JJ Abrams hasn't finished a story since Felicity. <laughs> wow, uh, twenty twenty two years ago or something yeah. like that. Um, and uh, it's written by Chris Terrio, who wrote, who did write Argo, but he also wrote Batman vs. Superman. Mm. So I'm curious whether we're getting Argo Chris Terrio or Batman v Superman Chris Terrio, because those are two diff- diff- very different Chris Terrios. Um, you would hope you're getting the better version. I hope so. I mean, there's a lot of eyes on the on the pot for a Star Wars movie, so I'm hoping there's some, but it didn't stop Solo from being one of the most boring things I've ever seen. It really was boring. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I, I am very concerned about oh, about episode. I don't want to hear that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> That's not I mean, what I want to hear. I don't have any reason to think that in terms of concrete evidence, but I'm saying like the people working on it, the fact that J.J. Abrams is not really much of a story ender, um, and I think Force Awakens has a lot of very strange omissions in the storytelling that like make it a, a weird, uneven watch. And as a matter of fact, one of the holes in that story was plugged by For- Fallen Order. Oh. Like they actually reveal the origin of the Star Killer base in Fallen Order with very very subtly. Wow, I didn't um, even pick up on that because it's literally just an, a, a shot, a one shot. It's oh. literally a shot of one of the planets really? you're going to, and it's like, oh, that's Star Killer base. Wow, which confirms, that's crazy. Which confirms what planet people have thought it's been for several years, but it finally confirmed that's it. So basically, how did the First Order build this giant planet-sized super weapon? They didn't. The Empire was working on it for decades. And the, the First Order came in and fixed it. Wow. Fixed it or finished there it. There you go. Um, but I am, I mean, I have my tickets. I'm ready to go. Going with a big group of people is going to be very exciting. Um, but, like, let's be honest. I The majority of Star Wars films I've gone to see opening night in the theater have been bad. Well, <laughs> so, like, because I wasn't it's gonna alive. It's going to get me back to the theater. And I haven't been to the theater since the I mean, last I think Star it's gonna, Wars I think movie. it's going to be very successful. <laughs> it's sold, you know, the, pre- I'm going. the pre-orders outsold um, Avengers Endgame in terms of speed in the first 24 hours, so clearly the interest is there. Yeah. going to be a big hit. Uh, will it be a, as big a hit as it needs to be? I don't know. 
Uh, it does seem to be delving into the relationship between Kylo Ren and Rey. I mean, Chris Terrio has talked about in a very weird quote where he's like, "That's obviously like a very big thing. It's important, and I and I hope we have." We we touch on that in the film. Like, what do you mean? You hope hey. you you wrote it. <laughs> you know, like, do you t- or don't you? Like, what do you? <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I like the new trilogy, and I'm I hope it ends well. But I feel like it's going to end up in the same position that the original trilogy was for me, which is like, uh, I like the first one, I love the second one, and I can deal with the third one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate Return of the Jedi. I don't hate Return of the Jedi. Either. I just think it's the weakest of the three yeah, by for far. Sure. Yeah, and. Has and is the first moment where I, where you if you stand and look at Star Wars like with adult eyes as I did when the THX remasters came out I looked at I watched them all and I was like what the hell was that like <laughs> like yeah. if Return of the Jedi came out today like people would rip it apart oh, on yeah, Twitter for it's sure. like the first act has nothing to do with the rest of the story uh, they've they've done nothing for a year. Uh, and suddenly Luke's way better at being a Jedi right, than he was right. before. I guess yeah. he was doing a lot of calisthenics or something. <laughs> like, that um, matters to a Jedi. Like, a bu- like they have nothing nothing to do with Han Solo through the whole movie, and, like, Harrison Ford barely seems to know what to do with the terrible dialogue he's given. The scene on the Ewok treehouse where they reveal yes. that his sister is really hard to watch. That might be the worst um, scene in Star Wars' it's original used, trilogy. Yeah, definitely history. original trilogy. Uh, I don't know if it's worse than I Hate Sand but, from Episode Two, but it's yeah. pretty bad. And, like... I, when I was seven years old, I didn't buy the the thing that their brother and sister like because they, uh, all they wanted to do was explain that there is another thing from episode, Empire Strikes Back, which was there to set up the second trilogy where he was supposed to go find his sister out on the outer rim, and they were supposed to go find the Emperor who wasn't even supposed to appear until Episode Nine. Um, so, but they needed to explain it because Lucas said he didn't want to do it anymore, and there's like ah, it's Leia, let's make it Leia, and so that's why that makes that's why Empire spends so much time setting up a love triangle, and like she kisses him more than like anyone else in the whole series yeah <laughs> except because they didn't know she was his sister right. until the third yeah, movie. Yeah. so yeah uh return of the jedi is kind of the first prequel when you really look at kind of the structure and sort of how little quality together yeah and episode one in the end really shouldn't have surprised any of us if we were looking at it with honest eyes there you go and that's it for game face 192 before we go i again want to remind you we're going to be giving away six loot boxes in december you still have a few days to bump up your pledge to be eligible on our Patreon for those loot boxes. It's going to be a great December. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on Google Play or Apple Podcasts, it would be great if you guys could hook us up on our Patreon at patreon.com sifted. Even a dollar a month makes a huge difference for us. If everybody jumps in, and even if, even if everybody just gave us a dollar, it would make a huge difference to our business. Mm. I know to you guys, it may, you may say, it's a dollar. Well, if, for us, those dollars add up. So if you're watching this for free on YouTube or you're on any of the podcast services where we appear, maybe just for December you could pledge. That would be sweet. We'll take whatever you got. But anyway, we'll be back next Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. I don't know what the hell we're going to be talking about because <laughs> mm. there's not a lot going on in the industry right now, but we will absolutely be here. We can only hope Randy Pitchford does something crazy. <laughs> somebody does here's the thing after we finish the show a lot like i think about the next week immediately and i'm like what are we gonna talk about next week something always happens it always does Mm -hmm. it's just the way it is it's not a boring world it's definitely not so that's not in this industry yeah for sure so that's it for game face 192 we only have a few more episode three um one i think three yeah like three episodes left for the year and one of those will be our game of the year so we'll have two more regular episodes of game face before we're up and out for the yeah, entirety third of the 10th and the 17th yep 
So Thanksgiving, it's two days away. Be careful, guys. I know thanks, I'm going to be drinking on Thanksgiving. I'm taking an Uber to and from where I'm going. I know drinking is a big deal on Thanksgiving for a lot of people. Be safe. We care about you guys. We want to see you on the other side. Take an Uber. Get a designated driver. Whatever. Have a great Thanksgiving. Have a safe Thanksgiving. Enjoy time with friends and family, and we'll see you on the other side. Game Face is up and out.